1: Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful riding, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your
0: body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at Surfa, S E R F A CBD.
1: Use promo code Late Night With Chalky at checkout for 20% off surfacbd.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to
0: the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yeah. yeah, I'd say guest, but it's probably going to be guest, maybe, maybe pops will pop in, maybe not. We don't know. But this week, it's about a surfboard shaper that's been around since 61. From the early days in Santa Cruz, being an apprentice under Jack O'Neill, shaping under Hobie and Jacobs. It was the North Shore of Oahu, where this shaper made his mark, building world-class performance shapes, which led to him creating his own board brand label. Later relocating back to California and seeing the need for a surf shop in San Diego, the business expanded into retail. <laughs> since the '70s, the mega corp. Since the '70s, the family-owned and operated surf shop is highly respected, deeply rooted in surf culture, and has continued to provide unparalleled retail experience to all their customers. Located in a 20,000 square foot. Everybody, please. Uh, located <laughs> in San Diego, continuing the legacy and heritage and the family name, we welcome Josh. Hansen, Woo! Hansen Hanson surfboards in San Diego. Retail royalty. Retail royalty. <laughs> no, not quite. No, not yeah, yeah.
2: production was unbelievable. Dawn is retail hey,
0: royalty. Hey, dude, this.
1: You're a retail lo- ro- loyalty. You're. <sighs> You got swamis, Keeping like... dream alive. You life. can look
0: out your window and probably see it, like, breaking. Like, we are... The cinder block cut-out window has a
2: sick view of
3: swamis.
0: <laughs> this, this building, your location, the name, the history, like, we're, we're freaking pumped. Thank you, Josh, for yeah, sitting hey. down. Thanks for Dude. coming and having a chat with us.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Um...
0: And I like to say, like, kind of bring up a little bit of, like, the history. I mean, people know, but holy crap, like, yeah. your dad moved to Santa Cruz... From South Dakota, moved to Santa Cruz, and was freaking, like, tight with Jack. That's crazy. Like, crazy.
2: The most interesting man. Yeah, like, yeah, You, yeah. like, Our... like <laughs> literally, like, yeah. Like, Jack was such a pioneer, and then Don got to kind of come and do Ride his thing. Under, yeah, learn. totally.
1: So, so, I'm sure your dad's told you the stories, and we definitely want to hear. Um, and hopefully, down the line, we'll have Don himself on the yeah, show. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, without... You can't talk about Hanson's without talking about your dad. For sure. So Larson just said it, or and I just said it. So he started from, or he was from South Dakota?
2: Yeah. So born in Redfield, South Dakota, and uh, was going to college at I think University of South Dakota or South Dakota State. I think it was U- University of South Dakota. But anyways, had a, a fraternity brother who was from Coronado and ended up sh- showing him an A track video of some surfing or talking about surfing. Long story short, he's like, dude, I'm going. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, ended up coming out. And then spent a few weeks and loved it, obviously, um, was totally uh, connected to the to the ocean, to the water, and, and went back to South Dakota and then basically told his mom and dad, my grandparents, like, I'm going.
1: Yeah, that's and crazy. Hitch,
2: and then ended up hitchhiking. Shut the front door. Yeah.
1: So wait, he's like 18 or 19 he, yeah, years old? Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, and he was
1: going to college. Yep. And met this guy Coronado, came out, got hooked, got addicted. I'm uh, moving to California,
2: and then literally ended up moving out here, and you know, started surfing a little bit. And and it's kind of funny because like in our family and in the business, you know, honesty, integrity, yeah, is obviously really important values that we stand by. Yeah. But we do kind of laugh, you know. It's he's our dad, like you know. He's always. You got to be honest. You got to do this. Well, when he was out here for at least a few months and maybe longer, we've never totally gotten the whole answer. He's gonna hate me for saying this, but we laugh about it. He was telling his dad, "I'm going to college out here," and his dad was actually sending him some money. We guess it what, before. He, was, it's not guess what he was doing, dude. Hey. He was living in his van at at Swami's Point. But he
1: hitchhiked out here first.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had hitchhiked. Yeah, he had. Hitchh- yeah, he had done the full like hitchhike out and that is
1: so crazy yeah. I, we, we back then though it was like way easier to do that
2: well it was a i believe a two lane you know north and south yeah. or whatever west and east, yeah from that went up through salt lake city but now yeah. there's i think four of four yeah. at least four or six lanes but four i think but I had, anyways
0: i have a grandparents from South Dakota and they had a bunch of that's where a lot of my family was from even though from they, South- yeah oh wow yeah they moved out here like probably around the same time like early you know so what did he strike out to do
1: as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job maybe turn a page in your career be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies
4: VR training platforms
1: like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Like out here. He was just drawn to the ocean. Yeah. Like his he just had an immediate connection to the water and, and I mean, in Redfield, South Dakota, there's there's not like a ton going on. Like you're yeah. you're going to be a farmer, you know, and, and or, monotonous. Or, it's like, not like riding
0: no. the wild west waves.
2: Yeah. yeah. the 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 weather is super cold, and 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 his 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 dad, my grandfather, had a had a uh, car dealership, so he mm-hmm. could have stayed, and yeah. his two brothers. Yeah ended up running the dealership for... Yeah, it wasn't a broken home or anything. No, he no, no, no. He, was, no. he, was, he, just he the, was
0: just like in love with California. Like he was that. the, he was the
2: like guy who was just like going to go kind of the... His own thing. His own deal. Yeah, so
1: was he, was that in late 50s or yeah. early 60s? Yeah, okay. late,
2: late 50s. So yeah. cool. Maybe even, yeah, around... I don't know. Fifty. I'm gonna have these dates a little bit. Wrong, no, that's but, fine. I mean, yeah. we, we yeah.
0: talk generally. I mean, what, but, our fact checkers over here will be surf checking <laughs> us out.
1: Surf culture was still kind of like
2: small, really small, right? Like, like right. there were just were not that many surfers in the area. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he kind of jokes at times. He's like, Josh where there'd be a hundred guys at Swami's now he's like when I first showed up here there might not be anybody out there on like a pretty good day he's like we'd go somewhere else just
0: for whatever reason they just I, I heard people know. would kind of go find where other people are serving so yeah. somebody to surf with yeah. Yeah. yeah which is like wait
2: what <laughs> I mean he always joked like we'd have you know like the surf community was such yeah. a small tight lid it was just a small group of guys yeah. like from you know down south all the way to North County and you know, like when there'd be a party, you know, it'd be like every surfer from like yeah. down south would come up, and you know, there just wasn't, there just wasn't a lot of, yeah, a lot of surfers back then. Yeah, I, I it can was only just imagine. The beginning.
1: And it, it's funny, you know, we we had um, Val Val surf Mark and, and Wally and um, Brandon Brandon you know? um, a while back, and and you know, same thing. It's probably the same kind of time frame when your dad was out here and while he was getting into it too dude yeah you know? they were. and it's like try to think back of what this place looked like back in the day and you know the surf scene culture whatever um la you know come to find out it's like the south bay was a hotbed for surfing mm-hmm. you know which was kind of new to me new to us you know, that that there's a lot of shapers coming out of the South Bay. Because, you know, us growing up, it's always Orange County. Like, Orange County is the hub of the mecca of surfing. Sure. But, but back then, like, no, it's like South Bay. You know, Bing and App Jacobs. And oh,
2: yeah.
1: Dick uh, Brewer? Not Dick Brewer. What's that other guy's name? Dewey Weber. Sorry Dewey Weber. Yeah, so there's like Tucker a ton Young. of, you know, historical... You know, icons of our industry. Well, Don
2: has lots of awesome stories. Yeah. that you guys should. Yeah, put so, him in the room to chat about with all sure. the guys. For sure. So he
1: he moved here, and what did he do? Like,
2: I mean, literally in that in the beginning, he he like surfed, lived in school. a like in a van, and like quote unquote was going to school, and dad was sending him some checks, and then eventually okay. the word got out and. His, my grandpa was like, "All right, yeah, you know, enough's enough." And I, that's kind of when he started like working, started to learn to shape. He was also they were like living off the land. Like he was lobster diving, yeah, you know, yeah. and Abalonies getting out yeah, not regulated all of it. Like, Yeah, for it sure. They were yeah. So it was that uh, he just uh, living day by day. Yeah. Who who was he hanging out with, and who did he start
1: learning shaping from?
2: So he so he 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 was just down here starting to surf um he had stepped on a stingray. Oh wow. And had walked up the beach and a guy named Bob Driver um had uh and Don at that point had already, I'm getting my stories a little bit mixed up, but he had already done some surfing. I think he actually ended up just somehow connecting with Jack O'Neill no way. and, and had no, Coast. yeah. And Jack was the one who had originally kind of like Took said, Hey, yeah. And as yeah. Don says, like back then it wasn't like, Hey, you're going to, I mean, you are going to be an apprentice or whatever, but yeah. back then it was like, just here's a blank yeah. and here's a planer and here's the room. Yeah. Go to town. Yeah. yeah. Learn it. Yeah. And yeah. he's like a pretty, Don was always such a, like a craftsman. Like I'm like, it's yeah, funny true. that like I'm his son cause I'm not like Completely really a, a, a craftsman. But
0: but I think they were, they were not forced into doing it, but it was like, it's so easily like, you know, available to go, you know, for us to yeah. go, we'd have to like, you know hard to be to go find a shaper or a shaping bay or buy a blanket like, to, you know, back yeah. then it was like, Everybody was doing their own stuff, anyways. DIY, you know, DIY or whatever. You yeah. know, they were. He had been. Super...
2: I'm, I'm kind of going, jumping around a little bit, but the reason he ended up in Santa Cruz too was he actually ended up in the army for a couple of years. Oh wow! Yeah, as a typist in the army. I was say so that he time was up era. at Fort, uh, Fort, uh, whatever the I'm forgetting the name up there. But anyway, so like on the weekends they would go and surf, and that was kind of where he ended up connecting with with Jack. That's crazy. And so then he then he started learning up there and then ended up coming back down here and then was, like, doing, like, this back and forth for a little bit and wow. then decided it didn't take him too long when he, he kind of was like, look, I think I can kind of do this on my own. Yeah. And I, I don't even think that – I think it – they kind of joke about how, like, Jack was a little bit, like, bum that he was, like, going to go do it on his own. Yeah. He actually, I think, even for a while there was going back and forth. Yeah. Hey. So he'd do some shaping down here and then he would go up there. And, you know, that yeah. was obviously after he'd gotten out of the Army. But, but, uh, so, he yeah, so he'd, 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 he'd he, he kind of learned that way. And then he ended up in Hawaii and, and. Spent a year on the North Shore yeah. in 1961. And that's when technically Hanson Surfboards started. Okay. So he was over there for one winter. And that was actually, he was on, you know, the really famous uh, Greg Knoll picture of him yeah. standing at Pipe. Yeah. Don was on the beach. Shut the front door. It, yeah. It's, so it's he was It's pretty amazing
1: that... how lucky your dad was to find these the right people. Right? Like to do that and then create his own. A guy from South Dakota, are you kidding me? Like, he just he charged out it, here? dude.
2: He just like charged it. And yeah. like, so he ended up over there. And, and he, he didn't serve, by the way, full disclosure that day. He was like, I'm not
1: serving yeah. in that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not. Well, it's crazy how,
1: like I was saying, like how he found, you know, his way to the coast and then somehow Got affiliated with Jack O'Neill, like you know, um, who was probably at the time one of the biggest surf names, yeah, yeah, yeah in 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 history already, yeah. you know,
2: yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, it's uh, the the whole that whole. It was just such a small community, yeah. I think. So yeah. it was just like, you know, if a guy was hungry and wanted to work and. You know, and I think my dad was always more of focused on the kind of entrepreneurial side. Like, I mean, he was a, he's definitely not a guy who was ever afraid, you know, as we can go on. He did a lot of other things, but, but, but he was always really driven to like, actually like you say, how did he like make a living? Like he like eventually got to a place where he did want to like, go to work and, yeah. and you know so you he
1: sh- he, he said he started shaping in 1961
2: so that was technically yeah when he shaped a few boards in, in Hawaii under like his own Hansen label and then came back um, to the mainland and then and then that's um, when he started the little shop down in Cardiff um, that and that was first. A, yeah that was the first you know what there's a little bar there called the Cra- famous bar called the Kraken. Cra- Cra- um, and, and same building, or, or at the same spot. Is yeah. Like area? actually like many, many years later, they actually like did a remodel in there and like tore down the walls or pulled the walls down to the studs and there were like Hanson stickers and no cool, way. Yeah. there was like some cool stuff in the, in the, in the walls down in, in Cardiff. So that Damn, was amazing. in Cardiff. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, yeah, I ended up meeting this guy he met, he stepped on a stingray in Del Mar surfing one day, and it was bleeding, and this guy on the beach was like, hey, my parents have a house right here on the sand, and, like, walked up there, and they took care of his foot, and and and, and they became really, really close friends, and then sadly years later, he was, I think, Bob Jr., and Bob Jr. actually ended up passing away of cancer. Oof. But Don became really close the through that whole process with his Bob Junior's father, Bob Driver, whose picture is in this. Is office. that him right there? By the two dollar bill? Yes, yes. And so Bob Bob like helped him kind of seed the whole kind of growth of Hansons.
0: That's so cool. Kind of yeah. His
2: They were like 50-50 partners. This building we're sitting right here was was Kind of built around around uh meeting bob bob senior and bob was a bob was a businessman totally yeah, yeah. insurance he looks guy. like a yeah full yeah. driver insurance
0: but he i mean anybody that is a smart businessman and you're seeing you know whether you participate in surfing or not you're seeing it explode or you're oh, seeing tons sure. of people and if you got it somebody like your dad's on in the in the, he's like oh wait you build boards and you're a cool dude and yeah, let's you know. There's opportunity here totally.
2: for sure. And Bob was just a really—he was a really like like my dad was super close with his father, and and uh, and 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 also very very close with Bob Driver. And and he always said, I always call—he always called him Mister Driver till the day that he passed away yeah he always said I always referred to him as Mr. Driver and well it's just and he just believed in
1: him yeah I mean I wish we some of those like uh, manners stuck around for generations you know for sure I mean it's just hey courtesy from now on it's Mr. Chalky (laughs) Mr. Chalky (laughs) no but that's awesome how lucky is your dad to unlucky to get stung by a stingray but then lucky to meet you know,
2: you know what they called him? You know what my dad's nickname was? They called him Di- no, Diamond Dawn. <laughs> just Diamond, Diamond, Diamond Dawn, dude. He was like... He was lucky. He just was like... He was... I mean, they always say, I'd rather be lucky than good. And yeah. obviously, my... You know, like... Yeah. He always... He always was able to capitalize... Capitalize on opportunities. Yeah. And... and so, so... So did your dad go to... Mr. Driver, driver, and yep.
1: say, hey, you know, uh, I have a business opportunity, yeah. and, and totally.
2: they hashed it out. Yeah, wow. I think fifteen hundred dollars was the original like investment. Fifty-fifty 50 partners. That's,
0: probably, that's a good chunk of change back then. I yeah. Mean, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, and yeah, they just like grew it and grew it and and. You know, at one point, I think in Don's biggest year of surfboard manufacturing, because that was the original business. Yeah. yeah. Making uh, boards. Making boards. Factories. They had a retail spit but it was all, it was surfboards. Yeah. They did 6,000 surfboards one day.
0: Wow. That's incredible. You
2: know, like in the... Middle, probably, middle to late 60s. Yeah, and he probably it had was all first,
0: first choice of O'Neill Rubber as being like a premier dealer down here. Yeah. Did he sell seats? Yeah. He did, ev- yeah, yeah, he yeah. did
2: eventually. Um, but the retail side where he started to kind of transition was once like... So originally when Grubby Clark, if we talk foam here a little yeah. bit, so Grubby was only selling foam exclusively to the manufacturers. Well, then Grubby kind of decided, like, you know what? There's probably a bigger opportunity if I just start letting anybody who wants to buy foam, like a direct-to-consumer. Like, Grubby was, if you think about it, was kind of like a pioneer of forward thinking on that. Yeah. Which, obviously, my dad and all the guys were, that was... Disruptive to say the least yeah, because sure. now anybody kind of. could go. So that was kind of the whole beginning of the garage shaper, yeah, and then short boards. And, and obviously, as Hans the Hanson brand was a long board brand, and so inevitably, like there were problems in that business, yeah, over the next handful of years. Um, it's it's crazy to think, uh, how small of an
1: industry it was. You know, like yeah, just up and down the coast, and you have a guy like Grubby Clark, right? Who's an integral part of the culture, I mean, like, of the
2: industry. You know, and he was the sword. Like that was he. yeah. He had all the like monopoly of fun. Yes. yeah, yeah. Maybe the smartest guy. Like Don, even to this day, is like Grubby's probably the smartest, one of the smartest guys to ever come out of the surf industry. Like he was just. That forward thinking yeah. and he and, made, made a lot of money in the surf well, industry. Yeah. Well, it's funny
1: crazy. from the stories that we've heard. You know, we had Hobie on and we had Eric Diamond on, whose dad
0: was grubby salesman. Or yeah. Oh, okay. He yeah. drove the yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Clark foam truck up and down the coast. So I'm sure, you know, he's heard, seen, and heard all kinds of stories about. Oh, you yeah. Know, Diamond, well,
2: Diamond Dawn. Diamond Dawn. So <laughs> good. Well, Grubby, I mean, Grubby, Gr- Don was, Grubby had asked Don to be, like, his children's guardian or godfather at one point. They were that close. Now, you fast forward, and as, like, the business relationships really changed, there was actually a point in time where m- my dad had decided that he was going to try to compete in the foam business create his own brand because grubby had like gotten rid of a few of his like foam I guess what are they foam blowers yeah. or um blanks different blank blanks, Yeah the yeah. guys who build the blank like know the 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 recipes to to build the blanks and and they ended up in they ended up actually in a lawsuit later down the road um and, happens a uh, business i know i know and uh and and then later on in in, in life they re- it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they like all you know but and don even later said dude i was just kind of like grabbing at straws because the surfboard thing was changing so rapidly yeah. and i was just trying to figure out how to pivot right yeah. yeah so in the end that pivot was into retail right yeah so so your your dad's
1: surfboard business was it pretty successful
2: like for sure like yeah. i mean six thousand boards yeah. and they were pretty quickly ar- like in a handful maybe what if he started in 61 by eight years later seven years later he was one of the big i mean he arguably was maybe the biggest or one of the biggest in California. Well, in the I mean, in the technically in the world, probably yeah, yeah. at that yeah. time, for sure, right? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, there were a few of them, and 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 I think he had. I think he told me he had 200, 200 dealers on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's Jeez. when it really exploded because most shapers, you know, they opened a shop just to sell their own boards, you know, and it was Hobie that started like. Hey, I'm going to take ten boards up to Val, or you know, and yeah. start slanging them up and down the coast. And you know, the Mark Mark uh, Wally told us that
1: Hobie wasn't wholesaling boards yet. Yeah, when he opened up Val Surf. Yeah, he's like, we kind of had to explain to him what we wanted to do, and and it was called wholesale.
0: <laughs> like, you know, because you know, you your your products at your local store, you know, local break, and that's your zone, that's and it. then like. You know, you go to the next town and they got a couple of shapers that kinda of dominate that area. You go up and down the coast, but you know you know, you get a you get your name out there and everybody now is starting to go all you know for sure. You're, you're, <laughs> you're traveling way to Lake Santa Cruz like every other month or every month, you know, like you're he told us when uh, his first delivery, right, to Val Surf, Hobie drove no. his,
1: himself. He drove the, the shipment himself and he walked into to Val Surf and saw skateboards all in the, the windows? Walk.
0: Yeah. And he
1: goes Damn it, I knew this was a bad idea. And he's like, wait, what? He, no, he got back in
0: his car and started leaving. Like, And then they, they went to run out after him. Because he so, like didn't think. Yeah, was... like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not selling to a skateboard shop. No, no, no. He <laughs> said, I'm not selling to a toy
2: store. Toy store. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard that
0: story. To a
2: toy store. I was just
0: like, what? But the heck? it ended up working it out, obviously. But yeah, that was you know, <clears throat> the, the era of like, you know, man. Everybody was, you know, like, wanting to sell more, obviously. But, you know, there's shops up and down, you know, like, the coast that you don't really know about until you go there.
2: Well, I think my dad, you know what I always say? My dad always had a real knack. Not, I don't know if it was a knack. He just was always the guy that was willing to try everything. There was nothing that, like, there was no, like immediate like judgment on something he yeah. seemed to be a guy who was open-minded. always like open-minded yeah. and like yeah let's i mean he did they built they built hollow surfboards which was f- the final straw they they he put a he put a i think a year or two-year warranty on the board Damn. and people smashed out the tail of the board right two days you know a day before yeah. the warranty ran out and he spent a year
0: like <laughs> Figured out dealing
2: with the warranty issues. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's bu- that's being a businessman, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you play it too safe, you're going to, obviously, you're going to, you know, Stay. you're going yeah, to be stagnant, You're going to yeah, lose yeah, out yeah. On, on, you know, the future and being, you know, a, a forward thinker and leader. Yeah, And some stuff works out and sometimes it doesn't, but, you know. It's
2: funny to see, like, in the surfboarding Kind of like when we're down in that surfboard area, or he's
0: like, hey, well, what what boards
2: are we selling, or this or that, and sometimes it's a guy who or you know, you know, like like Channel Islands, and and you know, oh, I think a bunch of those guys worked for me back in the day, yeah. Or even more, even more, I think the thing that that always is interesting is like sandwich epoxy surfboards, mm. and you know, showing him that and like how it kind of exploded you know whatever 10 years ago or 20 whenever yeah. it kind of came out the whole surf tech and, yeah. and board works and Don's like dude we were trying to do all this stuff like way back then yeah like in the early 70s yeah. Yeah. he goes I just didn't we, we, we didn't have the, the technology wasn't there. The materials, like, it just wasn't ready. But they were yeah. like, yeah. that wasn't like all, like, he's like, we were like shaping machines. He's like, dude, I was, I had the one of the first shaping machines. I had like, he yeah. has we have pictures of a guy, yeah. r- like, with a shaping machine.
1: That's, yeah. It's crazy because we, we kind of talk about how history repeats itself. And, you know, there's new ideas and concepts, but somebody thought of it, you know. A long time A long ago. long time ago. But, like, it just, it just didn't... Timing is timing everything. Timing was off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, looking back at that, you know, when your dad first started in the 60s, you know, surfing was on the come up, right? Like, yeah. And it wasn't because of contests. It was because of Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? Like, Hollywood with the, all the gadget beach blanket bingo i mean that's probably the years that he sold six thousand books <laughs> yeah right like because yeah. it's it's funny how you know art imitates life or, or whatever you want to say however you want to say it where like hollywood you know makes or breaks industry Influences, sometimes right yeah. like but oh, yeah sure. like the gidget thing
0: you know that created all kinds of well it's surfers. the designing of the bikini and two piece. there's uh, so many things yeah. that were happening that were I, I look at old photos in huntington and they you know because it was you know they had the pier since the early 1900s and everybody's in top hats and suits and dresses <laughs> and like umbrellas and like hanging out and you're like wait they're that's what they do at the beach like, yeah and then you know as they, get they skimpier, figured out it's too hot to wear a top hat yeah, well, <laughs> it gets you know obviously skimpier and then when that's when surfing really got kind of like oh these are these are, like, the outcasts. These are, like, yeah. you know, people that are just, you know, like, gnarly. Yeah. it's It's got to be, you know, interesting
1: with with what your dad, you know, he's been there since kind of the infancy of the industry. And to see the you know, like, the we're chain. talking about trends. Yeah. And, like, because the 70s were, that was a weird period, it seems like.
2: Well, you for, know? for, in our biz, or I shouldn't say ours, but hit, when, when, his business at that time I mean he was scrambling yeah he was like In a recession oh well no it was just it went from long boards and that was our brand yeah. to grubby selling blanks to everybody and then the garage the garage shaper happened and short started and everything went shorter and shorter and all that was the whole kind of Progression, yeah, yeah, and the brand was just kind of not really that relevant anymore, yeah, and 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 they were trying to like,
0: in apparel know, and retail, like other items weren't really well. It was just started. just yeah, yeah. it wasn't really there to subsidize yeah. that, yeah. that, like you know that missing. No, account.
2: so yeah. then they were like he was a, he was he started or was part of the original founders of I believe Wax Research so the wax company yeah (laughs) so they were like I mean he was like kind of involved in all of that and the thing probably that most guys don't know is is around that same time was when Ocean Pacific was founded and Don was one of the four founders of OP shut the front door yeah the first big shipment of OP shipped out of this building OP Don owned 25% of Ocean Pacific no way yeah I think I might have heard something like that,
1: but so so how did that happen? So
2: he had a guy who was working for him in the manufacturing side, and things weren't going that well. And the guy came to him and said, hey, you know, what about starting a clothing business? That was the, the retail thing was starting to happen. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Hang 10 was Yeah, there were out. a few out there, yeah. yeah. Chance,
1: um, I mean, like, the surf industry was so... Frickin small.
2: It was small, but like you say, like Hollywood was getting yeah, on board, yeah. and there was like a lot more going on. So the like, Janssen. the energy, the timing, yeah. like it was, it was pretty primed yeah. for. And so this is
1: what like early seventies.
2: Yeah, like in, yeah, yeah, well, maybe even a little, little bit later than that. Okay. but but so um, so a guy that worked for your dad. Yeah. And Don had owned the Ocean Pacific name. He had bought it from a guy here in Encinitas who was just like kind of wrapping, you know, uh, wrapping up his surfboard brand, and just said, "Hey, do you want this label?" And so the thought, guy had a
1: brand called Ocean Pacific. Op,
2: yeah, Ocean Pacific for, for yeah. surfboards. Yeah, and uh, and uh, anyways. Was the guy Jim Jinks? Like, well, so okay. that was Jim. Okay. So Jim was the one who worked who was working okay. with Don at Hanson's and had the God. idea to do OP. So, anyways, they had Bob got involved, Bob Driver, he was had money, had more like some capital and whatnot, and they yeah, they started this biz. Sad and nuts. it just Dude. it just went completely. It's probably
1: the first surf label that really
2: Ma- went big yeah. yeah that went mainstream mainstream yeah yeah bolt,
0: lightning bolt could have but it got there but it didn't have like the, the op like, yeah push like op was it was quick before Quicksilver. It yeah was, like the probably even bigger i i mean i mean
2: uh, op was well so the as the story goes or at least through th- with my with my dad was so they started it it grew into something substantial but then they started to have like some issues with you know they had they had a season or two with some excess inventory and things just weren't going that well and and i think my dad had kind of decided that having partners in a business was not always that fun yeah. and everybody has a kind Somebody of a different yeah and it's almost everyone, It almost
0: needed a lot of times to get something started but then down the line it becomes it can be kind of yeah so the The impact of OP and like
1: to think about what the market was and who they sold to, right? Because I mean, who did they sell to? <laughs> you know when you when they first started, think about that. Because I mean, there wasn't a lot of shops, no. So did they go uh, direct to like
2: department stores or? you know to be honest with you that's probably not even a question i totally know but i know i mean obviously they were selling to all of the main surf shops on the west coast and then the east coast and and yeah i mean it got to a place where it was a pretty significant for that time frame it was a significant business you know because i
1: remember as a little kid seeing it in like
2: Oh, I meet guys all over the country and, that are like, wait, yeah. your dad was one of the founders? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, those, the, the, cor- the yeah. short cord, the cord short. You know? So I what was his role things. in the business like? So he, he, I mean, I think he was mainly just one of the founding founding partners. Yeah. Never really, he never really took on, I think Jim actually ran the business. Yeah. He was t- the president or CEO. Um he, Don was still running Hanson's at the yeah. time, so he kind of kept. But that legitimizes
0: uh, yeah. who's behind it too. When you have a front oh, man yeah. or a name associated, like yeah. you know, like yeah, Han- Don Hanson's are like you know, partner. Yeah. And then
2: Bob was involved. Bob was involved, yeah. so they were cap- well. But as far as like yeah. getting
0: people on board up and down yeah. the coast and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, you're yeah. behind yeah, 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 You know, yeah, like yeah, marketing. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. a front man. Yeah. Oh yeah. And some it's
1: really interesting that your dad was part of one of the first brands in in surf industry i mean it's yeah. crazy to learn and think about that right because like a
2: lot of people don't know that because yeah. he owned hansons and i think just yeah. and jim was a bit more of the face to the yeah. to the brand and and uh and but yeah don was don was don was right there through most of the the good times and then part of the bad times eventually he had he was like look i thought we were gonna go broke op was gonna go broke and yeah and so he worked a deal and got bought out which yeah. was a nice it was a nice payout for him and it yeah. you know it, it it allowed him to buy some more property and 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 but i mean and he doesn't have any regrets although i always ask him i go dude it had to kind of be painful but he was completely wrong. Yeah. Those guys decided to license the brand, which Don knew they were gonna take it that direction, yeah. but licensing a brand was very like new. For it was it a, sure. a new idea. Well, it just took off like wire wild <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, and they made yeah, it, you, it went really, really big.
0: Yeah. yeah, you went you went from just a small mom and pop brand that was a you know a nice brand people, yeah but to people that like know how to scale things and do like things yeah you know distribution and categories and
2: so the money like so that like we laugh, laugh like don got a nice chunk the guys who owned the same or even less um shares in op were making three times that every year for years yeah you know it eventually like that whole it all program works itself out yeah, you know? well, yeah, like yeah, yeah, i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he doesn't have any regrets no he did it's just
0: fascinating how like that you know like tie of you know you know mr uh driver Tra- and your dad and just you Jim know Jinx. that yeah have an op down the street like the label or whatever and Literally. it's just nuts what a trip right
2: well, and I, here's another kind of funny kind of that bolts into that same thing. So a little bit later on is as the retail thing um, kind of started to hit a plateau and things were kind of so-so. And Don was kind of looking for the next thing to kind of like add a little bit of energy back to the retail side of Hanson's, <clears throat> He He decided one year... As skiing and snow started to kind of... Well, really, it was just skiing at that time. Yeah. Started to come become popular. He went out and bought a ton of ski stuff. He th- you know, it was like, look, I thought it would be a great, like, wintertime, yeah. like, supplement to the For summer sure. biz. Because yeah. it was pretty slow. Like a different draw. Yeah, and went out and kind of doubled down and bought, like, a bunch of snow gear, which... Cha-ching. Mr. ching Dri- Mr. Driver came in and was like what what did you just spend all this money on and (laughs) and and don's like ski it's going to be huge don and he's like i didn't know but i kind of i was going to take the chance things weren't going that well well mr driver was like i think you broke us and and i don't this is a bad idea and so don used it he goes well look if that's the case and why don't we separate and Mr. Driver said, "Yeah, I think it's probably time." And at that point they had owned some different properties and assets, so okay. there, there was stuff to separate. Yeah. Um but uh uh
0: Hi! <laughs> Come in and introduce yourself. Yeah, we are you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're on the show now. <laughs> this is Hanson. We're on the pod. Mrs. Hanson.
1: My nice, to you. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you i'm
0: sorry i have no idea i'm so sorry we're no
2: a, we're it's a part of leader. the <laughs> there you go well
0: enjoy it's part we're, of
2: the show's charm the family yeah, yeah. Okay, family. I'm part of the send family. Dad in if he's around well,
0: he's washing the car so we
2: oh, okay. just left
1: right. but
2: great to meet you yeah <laughs> enjoy. you too have a <laughs> that,
0: that was awesome <laughs> oh we're leaving that in <laughs> yeah, yeah of course yeah, i mom popped in and say hey is everything yeah. cool yeah yeah it's totally. Do cool. i need to bring
1: dad in here is what she said so that was a good point for them to separate business well so yeah, yeah yeah
2: so so they were starting to separate well the ski thing went completely richter yeah and and the business started making month like making money again <laughs> and, and year always round.
1: My- making it and- a year round yeah like it yeah. started
2: to just like it started to take off again well mr driver and he had plenty he had his insurance busy he had yeah. plenty of money and I always laugh cuz Don Don said and they were always best of friends and Mr. Driver was always a father figure to my dad but he always he he said he said I'll tell you he had agreed to like separate cuz he thought the business was like yeah. maybe not going to make it yeah. and it was time to the business started making like good money again, and Mr. Driver was so entrepreneurial. He was like, "I don't want to sell," <laughs> and my dad like literally made him like can't had said like, yeah. "Bob, I, Mr. Driver, I, I want my own thing now. Like yeah. you've always been my partner, but you like I just it's time I want my." Yeah. And he finally, sep- they separated, and and they were like, "Good run,
0: good." Oh good yeah, catch. yeah. But
2: it was just funny because like Mr. Driver didn't. He, he was. He was very well off. Yeah. But it was like the entrepreneurial side of it. Oh, life yeah. it was like, Wait, I wanna ride i still gonna want want like, Well it's
1: probably like your your dad with the OP thing. He's like, Holy shit, wait a minute, um Yeah let's yeah, pump yeah. the brakes on this. <laughs>
2: He'd already signed on the dotted line. He was like, I'm, I'm I'm good, so um So yeah, so so then, you know, that was kinda of the beginning of of kinda of Hansen's yeah. that you know kind of went on for I guess that would have been call it now geez almost 40 years so (laughs) the first location
1: as a surf shop when when was it what year
2: 61 in Cardiff at the the bars there's a bar down there a local bar called the 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 Kraken Kraken yeah and uh, and and then around 68 69 ish they moved up here and then that's when they built they built this original box yeah which was kind of the original surfboard room, and then the retail thing, yeah. and all of that.
1: So, uh, when did you start
2: coming? So, so here? I was, so I was born in '79, and I actually didn't start working at Hanson's until 2001.
1: Whoa! So, so you were doing your own thing.
2: Well, I was, I was in high school, and then I went to college in Vermont. But yeah, I was. I was born here, but when I was 10, my parents moved to Montana. Yeah. My dad and, and and my mom, mainly my dad, although my mom was like, yeah, let's do it. It'll be great to raise Josh in the mountains. And my dad loved the horses. And, you know, we were ch- talking before yeah. we went on about how so many of the surf guys decided there, to yeah. go to,
0: to, the mountains. to the mountains. But yeah. that's your dad's childhood, like... Upbringing, anyways, is that kind of mountain life, or you know? Yeah, for sure. Is there mountains in South Dakota? Well, I don't mean mountains, but you know, <laughs> like not not the coast, not the coast. Somewhere, yeah. uh, you know.
1: Yeah. So, did uh, when you were you were born in Encinitas? Yeah.
2: Okay. And did you get into surfing at an early age? No, no. I actually very. I mean, a, a tiny bit, but but mainly. I mean, I was ten when we moved, so yeah. it wasn't like. At the beach every day. I mean, we—I yeah. was at the beach some, but no, I didn't really surf until yeah. I got back from college. We'd come out a little bit during college. I came out like for a few spring breaks and was like very much, again like drawn to the beach and yeah. and and started surfing. And then when I, when I finally moved out here and worked, started working, yeah. two thousand one, then I surfed every day for years. Yeah.
1: What did you do in Montana? Did you were you in sports or?
2: so play so I, I ski raced yeah so I was a ski racer was kind of my main I went to I went to a ski academy out in Oregon Mount Hood um, yeah, and cool. then played golf in the summer so I always tell guys yeah. like I, I can surf but I'm way more efficient at skiing yeah. and
0: yeah and and play I, golf. I, how, did, how was all your like friends out in Montana were you like yeah I got all like, can we go to your house yes. this summer? Can we yes. kind of hang out? Like, they were mean?
2: always tripping. Like, 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 wait, your family owns a surf shop in and you California. Don't want to... <laughs> and what are you
0: doing? <laughs> they, I could only imagine they are just like, what are you doing here? Tripping.
2: tripping. Always. Like, that was always, like, kind of a, yeah. like, head. Well, what exploding. about you? Like,
1: you know, you could live in California or you could live in. You know, Montana. it was interesting.
2: I, I was always, I was, I was kind of driven to, like, I, I just. I love the ocean, but I also like the mountains are magical. Yeah. It's like, it's like me and Casey Curtis, like Casey's like, dude, I love to surf, but I'll tell you, like, I so love the mountains and it's just a a pretty awesome place, especially if you like to hunt and fish and do all the outdoor stuff like that. That that would be a trip to be like, you know, you you grew up in, in the surf
1: culture from, you know, from you were born till you were 10 Right. But like,
2: you kind of don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, I do like, much, you kind of yeah. remember you kind of every, I mean, all the, it's funny. A lot of the people when I was that age still work here, you know? Like, yeah. so they're like, I remember when you were just a little baby <laughs> or like the guys who like built the buildings are like, used to follow us around and like ask us all these stupid yeah. questions. when you're like eight and like follow us around. Yeah. I mean, was, yeah. So, so, um,
1: so you, you grew up in Montana Went to high school, went in to Bozeman. college. Yeah, I
2: went to high school in Bozeman. Bozeman. Went to middle school in a little town. And my parents' house is actually in Big Sky, which is about an hour away from Bozeman. Okay. Um, and uh, did you live? You
1: lived in Big Sky. Big
2: Sky, full time in Big Sky, and but Bozeman was the high school. But for the first couple of years, I went to a school. There were only 500 full time residents in Big Sky, Montana, and there were 12 kids in. Seven, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So I was in Ooh. sixth and seventh. Sixth grade and seventh grade. I was in Big Sky. There were twelve kids in my class for think, th- all three grades. And, yeah, That's so how it wasn't just your was. grade; it was all, for, all, all, all three, three grades. There were twelve of us.
1: That's so crazy. And the the twelve of you in each grade.
2: <laughs> no, twelve. There were twelve of us for. There were three cl- three grades in one room. There were twelve of us. <laughs> So like every the teacher was teaching all three grades in one class. I thought <laughs> yeah. that
1: the twelve people went through. No, six, seven no, to
2: eight. no, no, no! They were all twelve of us. Wow, grad, yeah. really tiny, tiny school. But then it was so small that then my, my parents were like, "Look, you should go to Bozeman. There's sports there. It's yeah. like a real high school." And so I, I we took a bu- I took a bus for an hour and a half one way. Damn. You know. So yeah. it was. Three long. hours on a bus every day for a couple of years. And then finally they were like, okay, we're going to get by a small little place in town yeah. near the high school. So I kind of had like a normal high school in Bozeman at that yeah. point. But yeah. that was all like ski and hunt and fish. and Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I was always, yeah, I was, I was really not exposed at all to the, the surfing, surfing life. life until, yeah, until I graduated from college.
1: where'd you go to college?
2: University of Vermont. Okay. So, what? University of Vermont ski racing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like when wanted to do the East Coast, the East Coast. Uh, just there, there were a bunch of good schools. I had some recruiting schools recruiting me at the time. Smaller schools, University of Vermont's probably one of the best. Not right. probably, it is one of the best schools uh, in the country for skiing. Um, I ended up going there and. All my buddies were on the ski team. I was more of a speed guy than a technical guy. And so I never actually ended up competing at the school. But it was... (laughs) Nonetheless, it was fun. But again, everybody was like... Dude, why are you here? <laughs> like, Vermont, it's cold, Yeah. and then it's hot, and I loved it though. It was, it's such a beautiful state, and yeah. rad people. I have so many good friends back there. But, is it
1: by Burlington then? Yeah, we okay. were, it was in Burlington.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On I've Lake, been to Lake Champlain yeah. is like yeah. beautiful, and, yeah. and not the uh,
0: same type of mountains though that you grew up. With. No, 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 and the <laughs> snow is
2: not as good. Like yeah. it's a yeah. It was it was an awesome four year experience, but but. What's funny is then I graduated and I immediately came back in 2001 I came back and that was during the dot com kind of bust and so the job scene was not great and anyways my well, dad's like why don't you just come work at the shop and see if you like it and so I just That's
0: cool. I mean you weren't, you know, it's like gave you the option and just come Yeah. see. What were you uh going to school for? What were yeah, you I was in the
2: business school. Okay. Yeah, so I went through through their business school there. So I knew, like, I, to be honest with you, as I look back, I kind of wish I would have gone and worked elsewhere for... I mean, I did in high school, in yeah. college, like, work yeah, what construction. Was what was your first yeah. job? Dishwashing. Dishwashing. Yeah, yeah I, wa- I washed dishes at a, at a at a restaurant in Big Sky. And I was just talking to guys recently, like, that smell of dishwashing. Yeah, that like, humility oh, of just... Just, act, oh, yeah, and you're just and,
0: buried, and I'm dude. like... You're, like you're being not, a
1: busboy oh. and washing dishes is probably one of the most humbling yes. things that you could. Everybody do.
2: should be. Everybody Everyone should do should it for it. like a, a summer. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just yeah, it's like it just it was hard work and you know short, pretty short uh, shifts, but but hard I think work. We interviewed
0: and, somebody that says he was a dishwasher and he would just be like, yeah, that didn't you know like on a budget, living the life, trying to surf as much and yeah. and work be like. Oh, they didn't eat half their filet. or <laughs> oh, yeah. thin- And they would just. For take sure. Off, yeah. In touch, dude? Dude. We'd be not like, <laughs> We'd be <laughs> at the restaurant. You'd be like, like, like you like like look around and see us. that no one's looking. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What are you eating? Nothing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <it's> unfinished drink. <laughs> it's got booze in it. I got it. No, there's, no, there's no bugs in Oh, Yeah.
1: It's funny. We had Vinny De La Pena, and he worked as a busboy at Charles. Chart house, and we actually had uh, this guy uh, Joe Purick uh, from from the East Coast, and he worked at a chart house out there, and he got recruited. Cause got he was recruited so good. was yeah, he was really good bar manager or whatever. But he opened up the uh, Dana Point one, and then he opened up the one in Carmel or Carmel, Bell? yeah. Or, you know, so yeah, and he told us about how like. It, it, a bunch of surfers started. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Don has a but. Don knew a bunch of the guys that's that were part of the yeah, I don't yeah. forgetting their names. But, but, they, but Joey Cabell
1: and Oh yeah, uh, Joe he yeah. was
2: Don was just with Joey Cabell just last Shut week. The they were on they were dude, they were just in, in Oahu and Waikiki that's, for an event.
0: But no way. That's another non coastal, you know, human that came yeah. and decided to you know, like he Blaise was from, from Florida,
1: but he opened up the first one in Tahoe or something
0: like that. The very first chart, I don't, yeah, but you know, it was like kind of a ski and then kind of surf yeah. like, combo. And you then find
2: Hawaii. a lot of guys that like ended up like being like. There's just a lot of guys who weren't. I mean, yeah. my
0: my I just was up in Mammoth this weekend, and my dad. And I was telling my son, we we're sitting there like hanging out, and you know, we buy the season passes. We're all in, infused into the culture, and we do it all the time. And I brought up, I'm like, I go, you know we bought a bag of chips and peanuts and a beer. It was like 24 bucks. You know, like I just wanted a beer. He just got a bag of chips and then I chocolate peanut. It was like 24 bucks. I go, do you know how much grandpa Tony paid for a lift ticket here? When he started coming here, I'm all yeah. 1250, $12 and 50 cents. You know, and they had to wear and today. A it's a hundred and something. I'm, 200 a day for one day. Yeah. A mammoth uh, per person. Yeah. And, and I I'm don't all, I'm all, they used to like, scotch guard their jeans like they didn't like they put they they wore jeans a, they did snow pants, pants. And, it, and it was just fascinating you know when you try you know again talking lineage and talking history and you know here i am like just a few days ago talking about like the snow with my yeah. son and you know just costs and you know like having good gear and just just stuff you know like goggles i'm like they didn't even have goggles back then You oh, sun clouds probably <laughs> right
1: sun clouds yeah. with
0: the, with the
2: shades they didn't wear
0: cowboy hat they didn't even like you know like yeah. they didn't
2: I'm like, just... It, it was the crazy time. Like, leashes, dude. Don, like, talked about surfing and on but 61. It, and but I, if
0: that, you know, just going back to Jack O'Neill. Yeah. But if you're a surfer and you, <coughs> like, you like... Bless you. Bless
1: you. Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> comes bless you. Come take the trees.
0: Yeah. But if you're a surfer and you like that rush and you like that excitement of going fast and being, at, you know, in that mix and, like, everybody pretty much went to the mountains or they didn't motorcycle you yeah. know they, it wasn't just a, a one fix That
1: their generation we talk about it a lot because they were such more outdoorsmen and he-men you know <laughs> they were way more manly than what what we've become you know what I mean you
0: well look, me hey look, uh, look, my garbage disposal doesn't work can you come fix it Hey, that's what you uh, do My, <laughs> my, my, my slider the the, the the wardrobe Is like off the track I don't know what to do Hey No I'm just kidding I'm giving you That's crap. what friends are for like. I'm here for you bro The show's not about us uh, <laughs> oh, It's about you When we make fun of you All So, <laughs> so um, Yeah so
1: The leash That you just brought mm-hmm. up Is a Jack O'Neill invention Yeah that's and how He, that's he lost, his lost
0: his eye Yeah
2: By getting Yeah yeah By getting zapped By the, zapped like by the, the Yeah
0: I mean, that's a pretty, you know, well-known story, but yeah, I mean, you live here at the beaches and the sand, it's like one thing to lose your board, but I mean, even San Diego was a lot of reef, Santa Cruz, it's pretty much all rock, like, all, yeah. you know, your boards are trashed if you fall, you know, so a leash was, I mean.
1: So, so you graduated college and your dad said, come, come work to shop.
0: You did?
2: Yeah. And I was like, all right. And so he's like, hey, I want you and to And did like- you...
1: Sorry. Did you work the shop
2: ever before? Never. Never? Never. Never worked I've the never been. shop. I never did. When I was 10, they, we moved. I like spent... But didn't you guys come out hire summertime? And- uh, yeah, but for a week. Yeah. Vacation. Week. I, I, I worked Jump. in Montana. I worked construction. I built... I worked for a construction company for most of high school and then a, maybe in my freshman year of college I then I had another buddy who was working for an excavation company and, and his, our, his boss who's a really good friend of ours was just a fun, you know, you get those fun guys, but fun bosses. bosses that are like,
4: yeah,
2: work it's hard, about like, hard. Or it's 30. like yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, or like coffee till like 11 yeah. kind of deal. And you're like, whoa, dude, we get to sit here and like chit chat, yeah. listen to like <laughs> what problems he's got. And like, yeah, and it's 11. And, yeah. So he, he was a really fun guy to work for, but, but yeah, so I worked construction and then yeah, college I did excavation and then, and then, yeah, I was back here, like, never really surfed, Yeah. which has always been a little bit of an interesting conversation, like, wait, you're part of the Hanson yeah. family, and you never really surfed, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I grew up in Montana.
0: It's surprising that, you know, with the roots out there, they never thought about opening a, you know, a ski, ski, store, ski store, you know, since you...
2: Don was always very, like, just one store, one location. I'm yeah. going to focus on this, make yeah. it as good. And he had a store down on Marina Boulevard for, like, one year. What is it? I mean, back then, like, 20 years ago, it was maybe 20, 30-minute drive, 20-minute drive, maybe. This yeah. traffic wasn't nearly as bad. He's like, dude, I hated it. <laughs> I was like, dude, yes. He was like, I was in that store, like, maybe once a week. And he's just like, I just felt like shut her down yeah he just was like if i'm not gonna spend any time in there and like i just didn't like try you know it just didn't feel right so So that's
0: kind of how i feel in the rep game i love being a rep (laughs) driver all the traffic these days versus 10 or 20 years ago it's like so 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 gnarly. like people i thought california was overpriced and people hated it and the politics like you can move you go back (laughs) (laughs) leave no i'm just kidding
2: so
1: but that's funny. Twenty-minute drive. Is who too ran short. the shop when when you guys lived in um, Montana?
2: Well, so Don would come down once a month, um, and Ken Rogers, Julie yeah. King, La Tessari, who are they're all three still working here, yeah. and and they were kind of the three that ran the the store.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah, and
2: it just and you know what's funny is is my dad was really really concerned about leaving and he and my mom was like but he wanted to go he kind of loved it up there they were at the time they were building a house up there and and my mom just said like look we'll go if it works out great if it doesn't we'll What's just that, come home right. <laughs> like it's not it's that simple you know it's like pretty but my dad was just very constant totally yeah. Yeah, life- like how it's felt. gonna crumble yeah. the minute i leave but yeah. Like, yeah and uh, and he's like shit the the minute i like got up there and the law and julie and ken and and michael burns was a manager here for a long time and and they just ran it and it just yeah they just killed it, it yeah it just it just continued to i mean just that just
0: goes to show that like, you know hiring you know right the right role, people role, yeah. but treating them right giving them opportunity to 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 grow and this is part of you know a family to, to own business to be and part and be, you know yeah. like to own their whole you know, deal and, not, and that, yeah. you know that's where you're going to get you know good quality people and passionate and you know treat it like it's their own you know and you know this is their their livelihood
2: we've been really really incredibly blessed with pete
0: like yeah the right people really good
2: people that just work so hard and they're all like family now and now what's kind of like scary and exciting and you know and and a transition which is never easy is that a, a lot of them are now starting to kind of like talk about their, you know, Future. retirement and yeah. exit strategies and that whole transition, which is, which is, which is an interesting journey, right? Yeah. yeah. It's never, it, it's not always that
0: easy. No. Okay. Five days a week, just come in four, okay? And then like next year, you know, coming through, just go back, just don't quit on this. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, we can't replace, you know, some of these people. Wow. Well, we so, so I can,
2: but. So I, it's. Ken Rogers, who's, was our f- floor general manager and for a long buyer. He does a lot of buying and stuff. He came in, I don't know, it's a few years ago now. And he goes, he goes, Josh, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up some responsibility and I'm, I'm going to cut back my hours. <laughs> and, and oh, by the way, here's kind of what I think you should pay me, which I was like, Wow. He's, you know, I mean, I knew he's that guy. He's like, I don't know if you've ever worked with Ken, but he's very calculated. He was in the Navy. He's an air traffic controller. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he's very, he's very, uh, organized and calculated and looking ahead. But anyways, the, the, the funny part of the story was he go, I go, well, how many hours are you thinking you're going to work? And he goes, well, 40 hours. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally the conversation. That was like his like I'm scaling it back yeah. and I'm gonna work 40 hour weeks <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just that because you know, retail like, is a it can grind, be a grind yeah. for sure yeah yeah and, and you're
1: working it, I mean when you love the business and you feel part of it you're gonna work 60 plus hours for sure you know like for that's sure. what happens yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I
2: like to try to tell like like our younger crew I'm like look. We got to get the job done. I don't know how many hours that really is, but...
0: Yeah. The, the younger crew is like, I don't really want to work like 18, 20 hours a week. <laughs> so <lame. laughs> But I want to get paid for 40. Yeah, so yeah. lame. I, I can't yeah. make a living on it, but yeah. yeah, Full, full, full circle. I mean, we don't like, want, look, the 60... Hey, we love out. you young, lot, uh, young, young workers.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I would just want people to have a good work, at, like yeah. life yeah. balance, yeah. right? Like to make we want to sure. have
1: fun because the fun... If you're having fun, the customers are having yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like sure. that, and your business is gonna Customer cost service fun, yeah. for sure. You know, because you know, if if you have a, a crappy employee with a crappy attitude, you don't have customers.
2: Totally. You know, like that's and what that's happens. all you got are your customers. Yeah, and the, you know that that experience comes from all of the the crew that that. Yeah. Builds that experience yeah. and so yeah, that's great. And, and having
0: those long term relationships and faces, friendly faces that you come in sure. is huge, huge. You know, and yeah. then having like, you know, your your technical side, like the guys that know the the hard goods and you know, the yeah. guys that know, you know, the different yeah. categories and having those people are super important. For sure. Know?
1: Even though that um, that Hanson's is a family owned surf shop, it's a well organized and business
2: proper business the megacorp dude yeah we 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 make hundreds of dollars every
0: day (laughs) yeah they've been around but no that's uh, i mean that's kind of rad
1: to from from the humble beginnings of your dad being a south dakota guy that started shaping you know for sure and then here he is 60 years later you know like
2: i got a buddy right now who's like dude you like a hundred years, dude, you're like, you're the, like you can get there, dude. Yeah. Like when you're 80, it'll be a hundred years. You got to do this. He's all like fired it, up. Like let's so do this. Right. But
1: that's, you know, like that's got something to be proud of. For sure. Right. And you know, earlier we we're talking about 60 freaking years. 60 years. Yeah. And, 61 and years.
0: And that's through <clears throat> wars and recessions and dot coms and pandemics and this Amazon. and that. And you know, the, yeah. the, I mean, to survive and thrive in any industry or business, but yeah. to thrive, like you said, it's you know what? Issue. You
2: invest in your community, you invest in yeah. your customers. You, I mean, in our business, it's always you just do what's right. Yeah, I mean, I have this conversation like daily almost is guys, we just are going to take care of the customer, and yeah. you know what? Honestly, we're going to do things at times that even you are thinking is wacky but yeah. we're just gonna do it because investing in your customer will pay off over time yeah it's not and that's just how we i mean we we do a lot of things that like a lot of places and people even my even at times admittedly though i get pushed back from you know our our crew like really you want you want you want us to do that and i'm like yeah that's how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not, even if we're being taken advantage of. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just the right thing to do. You know, like yeah. if yeah. someone believes that a pair of sandals that they wore for six months and the toe post blew out, like... I bought these last week. Yeah. But yeah, no, you didn't. You bought them six months ago. You know what? <coughs> yeah. I'm Here. Yeah. You can have a new pair of sandals. Oh, by the way, like sandals don't last that long so in future just know like that they're probably not gonna last that long yeah you know
1: you can't but they appreciate that you can't run up and down the cliffs yeah he's on and think that they're gonna last you more than six months but all those
2: things those those are the things that like that that's the secret sauce that at times i think has been partially lost although i think it's coming back to some extent but like there's definitely
1: a handful of stores like Hanson's up and down the coast on both sides of the country that...
2: Do it that way.
1: Do it that way yeah. and uh, really keep the integrity and the dream alive of, like, own and operated. Yeah, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, so when you <clears throat> left college, started working here, what was your idea? Were you thinking you were just going to do this part-time and figure out a job, like, what was your, did you have an aspiration of, like, being a
0: business, being the Don.
2: doing something else? <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest with you, at the time, I was just kind of, like, Free-well going it. for it, you know? It, was, it was, A lot I, to learn. I
0: mean, it was probably a lot to, like, yeah. digest, I mean, I know? was
2: still in my 20s, so I'm still having fun. Now yeah. I'm in California. I'm surfing every day,
0: like, you know, there's a bunch the of beautiful in. women
2: yeah. around, yeah. and, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah like... Like, yeah, I'm I am a single young
0: successful guy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, see, yeah, you, you, you show up and you, you know, but you're, you're trying to balance your life too, you know. Like, I
2: was a complete mess. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest, dude. I was, my name is Fat Josh, dude. Like, let's be honest. Like, my buddies were like, F- Fat Josh, we want Fat Josh to come back. My daughter says that, like, pictures, like, dude, Fat Josh seems so awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I was, you didn't have a uh, a
1: a dream job in mind.
2: I mean, look, I think I think in the back of my mind, the idea of like maybe at some point like being able to run Hanson's and and like <laughs> I joke about it now, and all my buddies are like. Dude, you have the gnarliest case of nepotism, like. <laughs> <laughs> but we joke, like I, I'm, I'm partially joking, but yeah. but partially not. But but no, I mean, I was, it was, it was. This is a fun yeah. industry to work in. Yeah. I mean, everybody I know in the world is like, dude. I wish I could work in the surf industry. Yeah. Now, when you're in the surf industry, you're kind of like, be yeah. careful what you wish for. Because yeah. it's like, but it, but it, it, I say that kind of jokingly, but the surf industry is yeah. so fun.
0: I, I, I would say our industry, along with some others, you know, probably have the most fun. Yeah. Yes. Or You know, the most, you know, they're edgy, we're laid back, but yet, you know, we're progressive. But, yet, you know, there's just like, there's so much dynamic within like, the culture you know there's so much professionalism and you got this but people are like we you got got characters you got
2: like you know and like we were blessed to like be have 20 or 20 or 30 years of growth where like the everybody was able to like make a nice living and 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 just lots of
1: color yeah yeah. It's a but colorful crew. You came in 2001? 2000, yeah,
2: 2001, 2001. Probably
1: one of the hardest years to come into business. It
2: was, well, yeah. I mean, that was there was like, yeah, no, there weren't a lot of jobs. And at one point, there was a little bit of this idea, like, maybe you should go work, like, try to get a job on Wall Street. And I, my grades weren't that... I mean, I wasn't like... I mean, like I said, I was a bit of a mess. I was just like, kind yeah. of, you know, having yeah. fun. Surfing started, like, I got the surfing bug. Yeah. And... And yeah, so I just, but, but there was like, there was some st- strategy in the idea of like, look, you're going to work in all the different departments of the biz. You're going to learn the biz. Yeah. And then obviously that was kind of when the whole digital world was just starting. So like having a dynamic website was pretty like cutting edge, like yeah. having like, you know, a, 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 a shopping, shopping cart. Yeah. You know, shopping. yeah, like shopping. those kinds of <clears throat> things were like, very new, so and and I had studied some of that in college, so that was kind of the the idea was hey, you'll kind of start to take 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 that on and and then Don had not been in the biz and Don ran the business from afar, which was a little bit of protecting the downside of the business um you know really really like making sure that our buyers were really conservative with what they bought and how much they bought yeah. and And, and when you're running a business from afar and you're not in it day to day, sometimes you don't totally appreciate or understand kind of like
1: what people are doing. Well, and,
2: and, and and in our case, I think like, like the, the, the real potential of, of the business, right? Like, yeah. Don had gotten to a place where he was very comfortable and he wanted to go raise his me and, and be with his family in Montana. And so things were really good and the business was continuing to grow every year and being run amazingly. But there was, I think, the location, the brand, the, the, the footprint of how big of a store we are and, and has had a lot more potential, you know? Um, and a lot of that was just simply like, You know, understanding a little bit more, taking more risk with brands, understanding the kind of like where these brands, how much potential the brands had or how much business the brands were doing and what was really out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's,
1: there's one thing to have good people, you know, and you, you give them budgets and you give them a goal, but they can't take that responsibility of stepping out of the box or, or. Taking a risk yes, on your behalf for right? sure, and so Don was very
2: th- like yes, and Don really mm-hmm. was like, look, you know, if if you know, and and that, and that's what's made all of our upper brass so. And, and admittedly, at times they'll come and be like, "Hey, dude, we're a little heavy here or there," and and you know, and 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 I get it. They're they know the business really well, yeah. but but I think what we've all learned is we've kind of you know. I you know tried to grow the biz was just that there was a lot more potential. Like I mean, we arguably have probably one of the best locations, you know, maybe in the country. I I mean, Huntington is obviously incredible, but I would put our location and and how big of a space we have up against. I was surf. I was thinking that as
1: as we were talking, how you're in a bubble. You know, like certain places are like a bubble, and this this stretch of of real estate yeah is gold
2: gold yeah it's,
0: like it's, it's yeah. mind blowing how you're not just at the coast you got incredible waves around here the weather you know yeah. like it's but there's the a clientele lot of check, check that
1: comes into your
2: Rancho Santa Fe's right yeah. I mean, we were, yeah. have a very affluent
0: Flu- the,
1: the,
2: affluent customer and yeah. and you they know, they don't
1: really you, you guys are lucky because the Prices aren't too crazy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for for your clientele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which is yeah, yeah ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. in Huntington, we get a, a mixed bag of. of
2: yeah. <laughs> well, you get a lot of young, lot of young yeah. people, a lot of young people. Yeah, There's a just lot of, a lot of you get a like, lot of riffraff. You, you don't have the disposable income is just not <laughs> not, the same. not the same. Yeah, and we've been and and that's I think part of it. And then and then I think you add on the fact that like Encinitas is really like I mean I think if you live here, it's kind of a bummer sometimes cause it's gotten so busy and yeah. like, there's been so much It's everywhere. Pro- I mean,
0: everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is. But right. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. um, so, I mean, so yeah, we've been able to like, you know, just continue to grow the biz and, 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 you know, grow with the brands and,
0: and that's, you know, yeah. that's another part is, you know, picking, you know, brands come and go. Some brands, you know, have, you know longevity, and you know it's you know it's a, it's a big puzzle down there. You know, and moving those pieces is sometimes difficult when you have relationships with with brands sure. or reps or people. But I mean, when you got a size a store the size of this, you know, you got to fill it. You know, yeah. So sometimes it you got to you got to make tough decisions, just like anybody on the smaller side. But you have a little bit more to offer. You know, people know yeah. they're going to come here and find something they like.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys got into the ski winter early. business yep. early on. Yeah. And you you have, you know, for people that haven't been here, um, you have a, like a, ski what school? do you have back there? Back the
2: so magic carpet. Magic carpet, ski school. It's a rotating carpet that yeah. you can like actually learn to ski and snowboard. And it's, it's interesting. Like if you go out there and look at it, 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 it looks a little bit, ho- I guess, hokey. Yeah. It's honestly the most incredible like pre-season warm up if you're a good skier to kind of get your ski legs under that, you before yeah. you go to the mountain or if you're just learning and you want to go ski spend an hour or two out on that carpet yeah. and uh, and it'll it, it forces you to be fundamentally correct yeah. it's actually a really cool tool we don't actually own it we we lease it to a guy who's been running it for for a really long time Don owned it. My dad owned it years and years ago yeah. and then sold it. But, but yeah, it's a, that piece is, is a, a really great ski tool. And then, yeah, we have, yeah. I mean, that was something that makes Hanson's really unique is yeah. we're one of very few, if not, I'm sure there's a few other ones out there, but there aren't a lot of retailers that do surf ski and snow yeah this you know like a lot of surf and snow yeah snowboard but not ski right yeah so that like that's a piece like that i think makes us really unique yeah um and and like you said your dad
1: owned it he's probably the one that came you know up with the idea of putting it
2: Yeah, I don't know, like, I don't exactly, that was kind of back again when, like, the whole ski thing was, like, blowing up, and again, he's, like, such, we look at his ads, some of his old ads, like, he was just such a, like, I'm a mess, my dad is so much more, like, (laughs) dude, he's he's on a whole different level, for sure, I mean, obviously, like, I'm just riding coattails, but... But yeah, he was just a very forward-thinking guy. Really that's awesome. awesome, talented.
1: Well, that shows his, uh, you know, Hanson's commitment in, into what they're selling. Yeah, you know, for sure. And that, you know, I'm sure that's helped you guys <clears throat> prosper in in the for scheme. Sure,
2: yeah, you know? yeah. It's like yeah, it legitimizes
1: yeah. what you're doing, right? Totally.
2: And it's been nice. It's been you know, it's it's again i think it's a testament to all of the employees and buyers that that i mean it's the ski business and the snow business has not been an easy business to 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 live and live in and and a lot of retailers have gone gotten out of that biz because it's really tricky and we've managed to kind of you know survive I guess at certain times and and then in certain times we've been able to thrive and it's nice to kind of have that payback when there's some years where it gets real I mean you can be the best snow guy in the world retailer in the world and if it doesn't snow (laughs) you're screwed so I did snow for four years and you guys
0: were one of my dealers and it was brutal I mean I, I I grew up at three you know skiing and you know until snowboarding kind of came in the picture and then it was like no turning back and I was like, Oh, this is the best. It's so fun. It's so fun. And and skiing's back I mean For sure. The last five years, I mean it's had a huge yeah. resurgence. Well
2: and then the pandemic and yeah. every outdoor you name everything. it, yeah. everything yeah. is yeah. just Skateboarding, gone. Skateboarding, surfing, mountain biking. I mean, it's and everything. unbelievable. Yeah. It's wild. Everybody I mean, was everyone just living indoors? Why didn't
0: we start an electric bike company like five Weird. years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. No, I mean it it is I mean Lyndon always brings it up. It's like the silver lining in, in, you know when when you know a major event happens, you know, and you know for for us it worked out because outdoor sports oh. and everything we you know we do, you know, flourished, you yeah, know, Flourished. And, yeah. Um it,
1: speaking of activities, you you kind of got a couple that I wanted to touch on. <laughs> Yeah,
2: you're you're a bit of a thrill seeker. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually very. <laughs> I actually am pretty scared. I'm a pretty scared person, but uh, really, you like the adren- <gasps> your
0: adren- adrenaline junkie, what dude? Are you, you know, he jumps out of
2: planes. Yeah, yeah. So, tell us so, about so so <laughs> so it's funny. Why in the hell? <laughs> so so, Don. We didn't touch on this, but but there's actually some history here. Don was actually. A uh, uh, national champion skydiver, and Diamond Dawn is Diamond, a skydiver oh, it, too. Di- Diamond Dawn.
0: Did he get the hug Diamond from the army? Has n- no. No. He just,
2: just he just showed up, but Diamond Dawn was uh, a national champion skydiver. Did he was one of the I think two years in a in a, in a row. He was part of a ten man speed star team. That would exit a plane and build a formation, Yeah. Um, and it would be a timed formation, and they won that two years in a row. He has about sixteen hundred skydives, and uh, <laughs> he and, is
1: the most interesting man Lord, in the world. And in he the was surf industry. he
2: was jumping when like a equi- skydiving equipment was like pretty antiquated yeah. parachute. <laughs> I went through. I I actually really. I really enjoy the whole history of skydiving and d- my dad's history. But you
0: know, all these he, ni- nylon strings like actually <laughs> hold you up. They're like, they're like, it's like a, like a, like, I don't even know. Sliver. Like, yeah, but they're tight. They work.
2: He had three malfunction cutaways in his first hundred skydives. What so when that, what, so, where his first shoot was malfunctioning and he actually had to, like, cut that shoot away and pull his reserve because the first one was not going to be... You wouldn't be able to land it. What the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean... Three that, times? Three times a 100 jumps. So, te- so, I think statistically now, every thousand skydives, you'll have one malfunction. Wow. I mean, I've met guys that have... Five thousand skydives and have never had a malfunction. Have you? I've you, had I had my first one at jump one seventy six, um, but it was a it was a, a stable malfunction where the canopy's still flying stable, but it's not really in. able. It actually is called a line me. over. So there was a line that was flipped over the canopy and it was pinching the canopy on one side, so it looked like kind of like a bow tie. Mm. But it was still flying stable, but it's unlandable. So it's kind of one of those deep breath, look up, oh fuck, here we go, and then you just you're training. Is that just your
0: you come in too hot, like for the landing? And it's no,
2: like if you unstow your if you so if I were to have unstowed my brakes into mm. full flight, the the can't the. parachute would well would start to spin
0: spiral
2: so you can't really control it i mean you could but it's you the reserve you're taught in skydiving that your reserve is there to save your life and there's just no you have like like altitude what we would call like our hard deck so my hard hard deck is about 2500 feet so at 2500 feet i don't have like a landable canopy i'm going to my reserve and you have to just be in that in this sport it's one of those things where you just have to be you have to stay calm you have to keep your wits about you and then you have to be fully committed to like at those altitudes that you're gonna cut away and go to your reserve and your reserve is packed by a professional rigger and it's a little bit of a different material and 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 it's there to to save your life and it's very it's not on look it's not uncommon to have a reserve ride like i mean i've been at the drop zone many oh, many times oh it's totally uncommon
1: for me cuz i'd never do it <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you've never skydived you it's honestly such an incredibly it's it's a experience that everyone should do. Because it's I, so I, foreign. I,
0: I think I'm doing it next month with my daughter in Hawaii. Really? Are you?
2: Yeah. yeah She's at, eighteen and that was her. On her the North Shore? Racially. Yeah. Yeah at uh uh I've we'll jumped at like, I've we'll got, I got a few. Or yeah. somewhere over yeah. there. During, uh
0: Le- Dillingham.
2: Dillingham, Dillingham Airport. I I, I right. got a few jumps there.
0: Yeah, I, yeah.
2: So wait,
0: how
1: did you get? So your dad was into it, and that's so why so you so, so it?
2: no. So then my brother was also a jumper. So <coughs> Christian, who's fifty something years old, so he's a bit older than me. He did a ton of skydives. So he had about a thousand jumps, and then he actually was working down at at Otai at Skydive San Diego way, way back in the nineties, I think. And he actually did a low turn, um, one day and crashed into the ground, which is, I mean, a lot of guys died turning too low with canopies and it tore his like almost tore his leg completely off. Oof. So he then was out of commission and then never really went back to skydiving. And then about, I don't know. Five years ago, I just kind of had a weird like. I, I wouldn't call. It, I wasn't. It wasn't really a midlife crisis, but I. I got fit. I. I, I went and just did, five years ago. Probably five or six years ago. I like. I yeah. I just. I just. Everybody else in the
0: family's doing it. I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. I like
2: <laughs> went started going to a gym, and this gym like. A bunch of guys were coming to train to go into the military and I ended up doing this this camp called Kokoro thing and it's kind of a loosely like 50-hour kind of like I like a it's kind of a hell week simulation kind of deal but a lot of guys come through young guys who actually are gonna go do the real thing and a, a lot of these guys that I've met through the gym are all now in the SEAL teams but anyways that kind of changed. Like it's weird, but you go through this whole process, and you just get kicked in the balls for 50 hours, and it's just the most miserable. That the joke is, you're gonna meet self for the first time, your real self for the first time, when you're really dark. Wow! And I like it. You come out I the back side, and it's pretty. For me, it was really transformational, and like That's all awesome. of a sudden, I just like had this whole different view, Mindset. and so. I, you know, then it was like, "Hey, dude, I want to go. I want to go, jump out of airplanes." So I went and did a went and did a tandem with some buddies from the gym one day. Hey, let's go and so that's where you met Lillard. So. I had met Lillard prior to all of that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brandon, yeah, we, me and Brandon have become buddies, but it's weird. The door of an airplane opens, and you, at least for me, you kind of know, like, right then and there, like, is this for me, or is this, like, something I'm going to do once, and then that's good? But for me,
3: yeah.
2: I was like, fuck, this is so f- <laughs> fucking gnarly, but this is amazing. Like I cannot believe what I'm like seeing just watching guys. Like, and then it was just, then it was just kind of like, it's a weird prog. At least for me, it was like, okay, I got to get up. I got to get in my car and I got to go down to the drop zone and I'm going to put on that parachute and I'm going to go up and do a lot of time to think
0: about what you're going to
2: do. And you're just like, and you just, but every time you do it, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit more comfortable and, and then eventually, you just kind of get to a place where it's like. So this
1: gym thing, the what did you? Call it was it? called Kokoro. Kokoro. Yeah. That kind of toughened you up and put you in a weird mental space.
2: It just like it just it just changed my View. It's all about like just like mentally how you look at things, yeah. right? And it, I think
1: it's kind of rad though, cause. You know, it made. I up. was a
2: complete pile. Like I was just, a, oh, dude, I was a mess. So I like, I had like, there. So, anyways, yeah. Like for me, it was re- it was just a good. It was something good that I went and did. Yeah. And and met a lot of guys. Like honestly, a lot of times it's who you surround yourself with, right. you yeah. know, and that will take you positive. places. Yeah. And like, and so I met a lot of guys who like were a lot younger than me and are just have kind of been born with that whole like go get him kind of attitude. Yeah. And, and I guess I just kind of like, found that like inner and it's, I've just kind of always, like, yeah. it's now it's kind of like, and it, you kind of, it kind of, it, 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 it encompasses my whole life. Right. Yeah. So even the business side like, like you can yeah. kind of do, do whatever, anything. like just yeah. put your mind to it. Dude, like, that's a great
1: it. fucking lesson in life that you found something at a gym that helped you, you know, kind of
0: mentally, physically, everything. focus,
1: know, like, right? Like, and and overcome whatever fear or task. New,
2: yeah, and and the guy who started the the gym, his name's Mark Divine, and he has this whole like unbeatable mind program, which I never did. But but the other side of it was this whole like military training for yeah. like young guys that are yeah. going to go into the special forces and and. Uh, and dude, it's honestly like literally you learn that through pain and suffering. Yeah. yeah. Well that that literal guy, pain and suffering.
1: The guy that Joe Rogan uh, has on his show Goggins,
2: right? David yep. Goggins. David Goggins. That kind of reminds oh, me of yeah. what you're talking about, for right? Sure. Yeah. And it's And Jocko and all those guys, yeah. like, and they all cut they're all cut from a similar like they've all been they've all been trained in that same kind of Lar- place. We're signing up for that. <laughs> well, I'm jumping out of planes, I think next month. So right let's roll, right?
1: <laughs> no, that's freaking. That's
2: kind of uplifting and
1: and inspirational, you know. I mean,
2: yeah. If you saw where I, I just was. I mean, it's yeah. I, I look, I was a lot more fun back then when I was like fully a mess. But but no, it's been yeah, it's been it's look, it's a lot of. Joy comes on the backside of fear, right? Yeah. And like when you kind of learn how to manage fear, you you'll you'll find yourself in really fun situations, yeah. You know, and some guys just have that. Yeah, like Brandon Lillard just has that. He's, he's a nutcase, though. He's just he's, <laughs> you hear that, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, right. That was like, Brandon, like just he just has that. Yeah, that. Not by, like, let's having go. to go like, to some, yeah, go. like, yeah. camp that, like... Yeah. You know, he was bored like, with it. He didn't have to, like, yeah. talk
0: himself into it. He was already yeah. ready to go. Yeah. And he's, and we're going to get that you, that you on guy, the show, Brandon.
2: Yes. Brandon is the man. I love Brandon. He's... We did a... Uh, we jumped out of a hot air balloon last Thursday. <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> how I mean, many, either one of us jumped How many feet it, is Well, so, it was... It was right after that last storm we went to about six thousand feet and it was the coldest day of the year. It oh was my fifteen gosh. degrees, I think, we were thinking at at uh, six thousand feet. We were wow. freezing. But it was super beautiful and, you and flew out of a hot air balloon. So yeah, you, you ride. out. If you've ever been in a hot air balloon, it's no. No. it's a trip. Yeah. The things they just like you just start floating and they just rocket to like crazy altitudes and it's really fun because there's no wind it's dead silent and you're you flying. actually so when you jump out of an airplane there isn't everyone thinks there's this falling sensation there isn't a falling sensation you actually it's called going over the hill and you're because the plane's doing maybe a hundred miles an hour forward yeah. so when you exit you float out of a hot air balloon You jump. you, you literally job. go from zero to terminal velocity in a matter of Five
0: seconds so There's is like 186 120 miles 120? an hour oh, you can't get terminal. yeah um,
2: so nice. and you actually get that like crazy like falling sensation it's wild and everything is like this is
0: a great episode
2: suspended <laughs> suspended animation when
0: his hands are all sweaty over here and <laughs> I, I swear yeah, and i'm always palm sweaty yeah
2: honestly it's funny <laughs> i watch videos and i literally get like sweaty palms but it's weird when i get in the moment it's honestly the most skydive everyone's like why do you do it and this and that and, and i'm like for starters dude if you go and like spend any time around kind of like surfing and the culture and surfing it's a colorful group yeah skydiving is the same deal it's yeah. like every walk of life yeah guys girls like i mean it just doctors to the the guy who's living out of his van just like chasing the jumps and working at the dz it's like it's just a really cool group of people yeah that's cool um but you're in that like you you're in that flow state you're in that like it doesn't matter what's going on in your world in that moment it's only about that moment and you can't not be in that moment it forces you into that moment
0: hyper (laughs) focus. hyper you're just in the present like
2: you can go guys go meditate to get to like that moment of being and it's like it's like guys i mean again i'm not a surfer like that but i hear guys often talk about when you're in the barrel that there's that time stops and you're like there's nothing that and you just you're always looking to go that's a great analogy
0: because that is like a surfer's like you know, Zen outside yeah. of the guys chasing like ginormous waves that probably go into the you know, a similar that's state, saying, yeah. but like in the barrel, you just, I, you know, yeah. every drop, every bump, like you come out, even though it was a couple seconds you're HD like, vision, yeah. like
2: every, the colors are all. Dude, have that's, you ever gone Linden up?
0: hasn't gotten barreled like that, so he doesn't really know. <laughs> it, so you might got, to have you ever gone up, up and <laughs> pushed out?
2: Once. Really? But not, not. Oh, my one. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I have to admit. Yes, there was one jump where we were going to do. It was a cloudy day and we were looking at the clouds and everybody's like Jones for jumps. So the pilots like, let's go do a hop and pop, which is just out the door and pitch. So you just jump one second pitch it's called
0: what so you call don't get it. vertigo in the clouds and
2: it's safe well so or? no no no. so well, you don't go into the clouds you just the but the pilot can't to, doesn't know exactly where the cloud level is i mean mm. he's estimating it so they were like look it's probably like 4500 feet so we get in the plane and we fly up well the pilot's like dude it's 3500 feet like I, I have to be right below the the, the, the okay. cloud level and then you're like are you gonna jump or are you not? And that's a quick jump. I was pretty new to the to the sport at the time, and so me and a couple other guys were like, "We're just gonna ride the plane down." Now, if you've ever watched a plane land at Scott Ave, San Diego, it's like it's hard. To, it's actually kind of hard to grasp because the mountains come down onto this little private runway 90 the, turn bank. Yeah, the and problem. they're like they're like literally. Like following the <laughs> slope of the hill, and they're not that. Like it's pretty trippy. So like, watching it from inside the airplane is kind of a trip. So we always joke like, dude, it's scary to land a yes. plane than yeah, like jump out of it.
0: Yes, don't, <laughs> don't. I, well, anybody, I mean, we're we're so conditioned to like jetliners and you know air, you know jet planes, and uh, you go in a prop plane, it's like you're a fucking like, Volkswagen bug with wings. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is the weirdest. I knew. Weirdest. A two engine Cessna from California
1: to New York, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: You flew it? I didn't. I flew. You it, flew it. with the guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So Took us three or four days.
2: Yeah, like see, we stopped in y- different yeah, cities. Still up and yeah, but it was the
1: like the fucking craziest experience journey. Oh, because yeah. we would fly. I mean, we flew through storms. And it was literally like a roller coaster ride. Oh, where I thought I was gonna Bucking
0: die! Fucking Willie, freaking the tail's just going like this.
1: Yeah, like um, the sky was pitch black, and and I don't know. There's a, a light, Look. you know, and lightning hitting the wings. You're thinking, you're like, what the fuck?
2: I mean, you're like, why am I here?
1: Well, yeah, but the the I was so hysterically scared that I was hysterically laughing. Oh yeah. And, and I did that, like, multiple times on the trip. I, I'll never forget it. I'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just like... You're laughing hysterically because you're scared out of your mind.
0: Yeah, if, if this is the time, if it's happening, you know, if we're going down, like... Yeah. You're, you're so at... You're in no control. You're, like, yeah. you're at the fate of the pilot and the, the aircraft and the weather and... Yeah. I didn't, it was crazy. But... And you have
1: another uh, friend... Casey Curtis, who who's
0: been on the
2: show, show. Yeah, awesome yeah, he's been gaming. on the show. So yeah, so got big hunter. So yeah, so me and Casey connected, and and uh, gosh, it's probably been I don't know, maybe almost 15 years ago. We just in the shop started kind of chatting about hunting, and you know he'd come in and we'd talk and talk. Long story short, we ended up doing a trip to I think our first year we went out to Colorado he had a buddy out there who had a uh, ranch and and knew the area so we hunted out there um, Now, have, have you been a hunter before so yeah, yeah so I was so growing up in Montana that was kind of what the ski racing and then the golf in the summer but then in the fall in Montana like everybody hunts right when you're 12 you can start hunting with um I think at 12, you can actually hunt by yourself. I believe it may have changed now, but at 12, you can carry a gun and get a tag and go hunt elk and deer. And so anyways, yeah, my dad was loved to hunt. So he kind of taught me how to hunt. So yeah, I'd hunted since I was 12. And, and then once I moved out here, I'd hunted in Vermont when I was in college, hunted deer and turkeys. And then I came out here and, and yeah, I'd like few years I hadn't hunted and then I Connected with Casey, and Casey's like a Matt, like full, like yeah. the best story is uh, Snowy, one of Casey's buddies, always said Snowy had just bought a brand new house in Orange County, and Casey had moved into his house, and Casey had, I think he, I think they were in Wyoming with his dad, but they'd killed a cow elk or a, a, it might have been a deer. Anyways, Snowy's like, dude, I walk into my brand new house. <laughs> And the kitchen has plastic all over the like island, <laughs> and Casey's fully butchering his like animal on Snowy's, and he's like Snowy's like, dude, there's like blood, and Casey's like, dude, 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 it's all good, dude, don't worry, no. Wait, it's like, was he a roommate or something? They were roommates. <laughs> oh yeah. Casey's, Casey's, Casey's a, Casey's a t- total like, he's the he's most, a mammal. He's a full, he's a gnarly junkie. outdoorsman. Yeah. Like. yeah,
1: outdoor junkie. Yeah.
2: So yeah, we've done like ten years in Montana and lots of lot, lots of nights in 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 Bear Country and and in the in the in the tents and. We kind of laugh because we haven't been super successful, but we've definitely had like a number of like. So we're normally archery hunting. So we our passion is the archery hunt. So we're hunting the public land bow on public land, which is hard, and it, with our bows. Yeah, and uh, you know we get a week a year. We actually will generally go back then during gun season, but but we really prefer the archery. But it's freaking. Amazing! It's uh, one once again, and we've had a a bunch of opportunities with you know nice bull elk inside of bow range, like screaming, bugling, and uh, uh, me and Casey both are like, dude, having an elk in rut, bugling, just screaming at you inside of 50 yards is honestly one of the most. Exhilarating and <laughs> oh, dude, it, it's hard to explain. And I mean, even like big way like Casey would be like, "Dude, I've ridden a lot of big waves." And you guys have obviously heard a lot of his stories. Yeah. And 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 he, he, we always laugh. And uh, same with like jumping out of plane. Like it's honestly like. It's a it's an experience. It's really hard to like explain unless you're in yeah. in that in that moment. So when
1: you say bugling, what do you mean? What so
2: you mean? like so when when so in with archery, you either have to ambush the animal. So you're sitting over water where they're gonna come, you know, drink water, and then you're set up there waiting. Or the preferred way to hunt like elk would be we're going to go into the mountains and we're going to start cow calling. Getting them on the move. So you're pulling, so the cows make, the cows will talk amongst each other and and then the bulls will come in and and herd the cow elk and, and breed the cow elk, right? So it's during that breeding season. So when you're cow calling to these bulls, they'll... Sometimes come come to check out what's going on, yeah. And while when they're doing that, oftentimes they're bugling back at the cow. Um, And there's a lot of techniques which me and Casey are not like super experts on. You know all the techniques of cow calling and bugling, and you can go way down the rabbit hole. And there are guys that are just full experts, but. But yeah, when you're pulling those elk in and you get onto a hot bowl that's like ready to to to, to play, <laughs> it's an, it's a crazy experience. Yeah. We had some. Better like,
0: have a backup plan. If you're, you know, you better be fully loaded. <laughs>
2: I mean, to be honest with you, where we hunt, really the big the the big and we joke about this, that the the thing you got to be worried about are we hunt in an area that's full of grizzly bears. And I don't know if Casey had, had, have you talked, but this last fall on our last day of hunting, I'd been into this area that me and Casey have hunted a ton. And we'd been in a few days earlier and gotten on this bull. We were kind of moving in on it and ran into a grizzly bear kind of, he was kind of a ways off, and we only saw kind of its its ass end as it moved kind of through the timber. But obviously, when you the grizzly bears can be really aggressive and really yeah. dangerous, so you got to always
0: backtrack and kind
2: of. I mean, some guys might kind of push it, but I'm always like, dude, it's just not worth, like it. Not worth it. Yeah. So when and I carry a pistol, and it's like case, seeing a shark. Totally, and right? I mean, I'm terrified. The bears scare me. Yeah. Sharks don't really like being in the water. Like, I don't know, sharks don't really bother me, but being in the mountains and grizzly bears, just for whatever reason, yeah. they just they're fast, they're huge, they're, they're fast, they're, they're f- everything. They're just mad, they're just yeah. apex predator, like, yeah. like a shark, like a yeah, white shark. Just- totally, and the Claws. pause are oh, like seeing all of that, like you're, you're seeing you're, like, the sign. Like, we're walking up trails and like fresh grizz tracks with like. You know, claws. It's just, it's a trip, dude. It's like you're just like, whoa, like you're definitely not like the top of the food chain by any means. So
1: part part of you like wants to see it, and then part most of you doesn't. For sure,
2: totally. Like Like, like, there is kind of like, and we've seen like a few, probably four years ago, we were sitting over a wallow, and we'd been (laughs) we'd been on this wallow that was just full of elk, and all these bulls were working this wallow, and it was just awesome, and moose were coming in, and And all of a sudden, one afternoon, we're sitting there, and I thought we were listening to a bull elk sneaking in. We were cow calling, and it was probably forty minutes where you'd like every so often you'd hear like a a crack of a branch, but it was pretty like heavy, like and it just. I kept looking at Casey like, "What is that?" (laughs) And anyways, he. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, I, like... I don't know if I heard something or if I just had a weird feeling, but I turned around, and there was a grizzly bear in full, like... At about... It was, like, 30, 40 yards, but in full, like, soft Self-mode. mode. Yeah. Wow. Fully, like, coming. Sneaking and up. And I, like... Casey's, like, dude, I've never heard you, like... Like, the way you said bear was not, like, normal, and, like... But I literally, like, jumped up and I was like, hey, bear, hey. And luckily the bear, and I don't even, like, there's a lot of theory on what you do. Like, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah also in skydiving, like, depends on who you ask. Because you're always like, tell me what you do in this scenario. Yeah. And, like, one guy says to do one thing and the next guy says to do the exact opposite. And you, like, walk away like, I'm well, that, like yeah, like, well, that really helps. Like, sh- Okay. So, so anyways, like, so anyways, I got up and kind of shoot and the bear took off. So whatever. Well, (laughs) fast forward to this, this last hunting season, our last day, we climb into the same area where we'd seen this bear a few days earlier. And I normally carry a Casal 454, which is like a big, specially made, uh, pistol revolver for, it was actually originally built for the, uh, Kodiak Island game wardens. Um, but it's kind of heavy to carry. It's a pain. It's, it sucks to carry it on your, as a sidearm yeah, just because yeah. it's heavy. So anyways, I'm like, we won't see another bear. We, like two days ago, we saw a grizzly. You really don't see them that much. They're around, but you don't see them a lot. So I take my, my pistol and I put it in my backpack. So I'm like, look, if we kill, if we get something down, then I'll have it, you know, while we're yeah. field dressing the animal, blah, blah, blah. So we like hike up into the spot we've been literally twenty times. And we've had tons of great hunts. There's always a lot of elk. Anyways, don't see anything. We get to this little like uh, bench. I had to go use the bathroom. Casey's like randomly had some like service, so he like is texting his wife like coming home tomorrow. Like yeah, we hadn't seen anything. So we finally are like, hey, we're gonna like like let's just go a few more hundred yards up up to the next bench. Great. So we walk fifty yards and I'm like, whoa dude, there's like a big old pile of bear shit, like <laughs> like pretty fresh. But yeah. again, you see a lot of fresh bear shit around, so you're like So you can distinguish what the bear shit is. Yeah, like. yeah, oh yeah. You can like yeah, it's it's like, whoa, that's fresh. <laughs> I mean we walk five steps and I turn and here's a bear like 60 yards from us and he and the bear like sees me and like gets up like onto a stump and like looks at me and and i've seen en- enough bears now where like my reaction isn't oh fuck it's more like oh cool like i want to yeah. look at this thing yeah so i'm like casey was a few few feet i'm like case come here there's a bear so he comes up and you know, we got our binos out. Oh, cool! I go, oh shit, that's a grizzly bear. And dude, the bear like, like jumps off the stump, and he was like a pretty big. Like we figured he a was a bear. Like, a
0: bear, I don't care if it's a bear. yeah.
2: He was that bear was probably 185 to 200 pound bear. Like he was a good sized bear and clearly a grizz. Yeah. Uh, just jumps off the stump and runs kind of down the hill out of the way. So I turn to Casey and I'm like, Hey, let we're going the other direction. And I'm just like, time to go the other direction. As I'm saying that he's still looking back at where the bear had come from. And he goes, the bears back, like super calm, Josh, the bears back. And I'm like, I thought he was fucking with me I was like come on dude and as I'm turning around he goes oh fuck it's coming and uh, again, I'm still kind of like struggling to grasp. Oh and I, dude, I turn around and here's a completely different colored bear that's twice, twice as big as the smaller bear. Shut so what we figured was that was the, the cub, that, but it was like an adolescent. Sometimes the cubs will stay with mom for a year or two. So yeah. sometimes they'll be actually like pretty Perfect. big. So what we think is the adolescent had taken off down the hill and mom was like, what, dude? What the f- what's yeah, going yeah. on? And, dude, she came up and she went from 100 yards to 50 yards and full fire in her eyes. <laughs> and in that scenario, it is fact that you stand your ground. And as hard as it may be, they're like, dude, you have to stand your ground. Wow. Like. Do not run.
0: Yeah.
2: Fuck, dude. I grabbed Casey's fucking arm, and I was like, we, we got to go. And I grabbed him and started to, like, pull him kind of down off the edge. And thank God Casey was like, dude, we got to stand our ground. And then I kind of got my wits, and I, we pulled out our bear spray. And now we would kind of fallen off the, off the edge of this little bench. And luckily she never – it was a false charge, and she never – she never came any further.
0: Luckily, there's two of you. She might have been saying, like, oh, you know, like.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, inevitably, know. like, I mean, some guys still hunt. My, I know a lot of guys who 15, 20 years ago hunted in Montana by themselves all the time. There yeah. just weren't that many grizzly bears around. But because they've been federally protected for so long now, yeah. and they're yeah. the top of the food chain. Well, that's that's like, like sharks. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. Like, so there's a lot. There's a,
0: well, there's a lot of them, but, like, what's. Could you get in trouble if like you shoot it and it's fifty yards away versus like five? Like, is there a, like self-defense?
2: So Casey, of course, sends me a podcast on a guy who, who last year I think it was last year, shot and killed a grizzly bear, and and so the the short answer is is if it's a charging grizz, yeah, I'm not. I would say probably if that bear is still coming at 50, 40, 30 yards and you start shooting and kill that bear, you're probably okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And inevitably, it's a federally protected animal, yeah. so the feds will actually come out. Yeah. So Montana will do an investigation and then they'll call and, and most, if it's kind of borderline, yeah. the feds mm-hmm. will come in and they'll do an investigation as well to make sure that it was a legit yeah, scenario. So in, at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, you don't, you never want to, Kill a bear and some guys. I I mean, I've heard stories of a lot of guys freak out and shoot a bear that's running away from them, you yeah, know, they're just scared, right? Yeah. yeah, um, but but yeah, in our scenario, luckily he she didn't come any further, yeah. and being that there's two of us there, you know, we're big guys, like. 99 out of 100 bears are going to run the other way. And what was weird about that is the initial bear did run away.
0: Yeah, how big was mom estimate? I mean,
2: to be honest with you, I was just talking to someone where I kind of... Honestly, I had a little bit of a blackout. Casey (laughs) kind of figured... Casey kind of figured uh, maybe 350 to 400. This might be... There he is. The man The, the Man, myth. the myth, the legend. There he is. We
0: wow. you heard oh, you're down like cleaning out a car or doing some washing or I'm heading for
4: Costco right now. Oh
0: Costco. God. We got the
2: podcast going. You're being oh, you're being recorded.
0: We're talking. Oh, wonderful. We're, we're talking
2: So, story Mr. On
1: Don Diamond Hansen is here. <laughs> Diamond Don. Diamond,
4: Diamond Don. Don! That's what they used to call me. Yes. Diamond
1: Don is here. Grace us with his presence. Yes. Uh Josh has done a, a great job of of uh kind of filling us in on on the history of of Hansens and you know we're, we're going to have to do a separate show with you yeah. obviously but man it's it's awesome to get uh to get you on the spot here yeah The
4: whole show we
2: want about you and and Grubby Clark.
4: You guys would think I have something to say. Bro,
2: we've already heard too many good stories. Yeah, I didn't even tell. I didn't even tell any of the good stories. I just gave him kind of of your. Won't tell anything. Well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Off record. Off record. Oh, (laughs) see, (laughs) buddy. So
2: so. uh, Yeah. Wow! Congratulations! Congratulations. Yeah, sixty-one
4: years. 61 is that how long we've been
2: here 61 (laughs) now in 2022
0: it's crazy long time yeah
1: and um you know uh, successful business is one thing but you know we're telling josh like what we like to talk about is how much you've given to the community and how many people and livelihoods you've supported over, the over these past 61 years
4: well we owe a lot to the community yeah for having such a success here and so we definitely try to support everything that's worthwhile you
1: know yeah
4: we especially uh, donate to things that involve veterans especially wounded veterans awesome kids and older people the ones that need sure. support for that's for sure we support.
2: Our education you know, our good
4: dog. We love dogs. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you got a little buddy. Dad's a big dog lover. Yeah, I mean, the store we love, like all we got, they are the most dog friendly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. we
0: shop dogs.
4: So we like all dogs. So nice and friendly.
1: Yeah, Uh, you came originally from South Dakota. Yep, and Mm -hmm. got into surfing when you were like eighteen.
4: Uh, I started surfing. I surfed the first time when I was about 17, but that was just on a short trip through California with a friend of mine in high school. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there it was, yeah. Because then you went back and then hitchhiked back.
4: back. And about four or five months later, I hitchhiked back here.
2: (laughs) What was the little town where you, the guy broke down? Scipio. Scipio. There's a little town, like, in between Salt Lake and... In
4: between St. George and... What's the In uh, Salt Lake. Salt I Lake. Should say, called Scipio.
2: But the guy broke down, and then Don's like, well, I'm going to keep going. And just started... <laughs> thumbing it? Thumbing it. Yeah. Didn't the guy get kind of mad? Like, wasn't he kind yeah, of disappointed?
4: Because I, I didn't wait for him to fix his car. <laughs> but I was hitchhiking.
0: I've been yeah, I did. I heard the there's top. a swell on the way. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> out yeah, here. totally. Exactly. Well,
4: Big I'm swell coming. I wasn't even surfing very much yeah. time. But... I had hitchhiked across South Dakota and Wyoming at that point and into Utah and I wasn't gonna stop in Scipio.
1: Yeah.
2: Scipio's it uh, randomly and we go me and it
4: every three or four times a year.
2: And me and Casey randomly stayed in Scipio on our way back from this last trip from Montana. I was telling we'd like Casey found like it was late and we, Casey found a little hotel it was in Scipio. My dad's like, that's where I that's where I like Got stuck. Got stuck, and then I had to hitchhike out of Scipio.
4: We hitchhiked out of Scipio to Fillmore, Fillmore, and I think I caught a bus in, in Fillmore. It's all kind of hazy in my memory.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? So, you moved out here when you're 18, and you're living out of a van, uh-huh. and you lied time, to your I- dad about going to school.
2: I, did, I didn't consider it. Buying. I told him that you might not like that story. Fan. I said there's a lot of honesty and integrity built into the values of this business, but Don did take a few quote-unquote tuition checks to live out of his van. Well,
4: for about six months, I did, just didn't tell him. <laughs> I kept getting $100 a month from him, I think. And, and eventually, I told him, and he made me pay it all back. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That's yeah. I, but I expected that he was—he was a good guy. Yeah.
1: So what was your uh, what what did you think you were gonna do for for work and stuff I, when you... I
4: didn't have a clue, and then especially when I got drafted about a year or two later, I, I I was actually in the National Guard at the time, and didn't realize that if I had known that I could have uh, not I could not have been drafted. But I spent two years at Sit there. two years at Fort Ord then, and uh, that's where I really got into the surfboard business. I worked for Jack O'Neill. Yeah, you know we,
1: he was he was a great guy. So how did you, you know, you you were living down here, yeah, and how did you hook up with Jack O'Neill? Well, I met this girl
4: that I eventually married up there, and he knew Jack, and, and you know I surfed with him then quite a bit, and I. I wasn't particularly fond of being in the army as a draftee. Of course, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, but he hired me finally, and I said, Jack, you aren't the greatest shaper in the world. <laughs> 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 Give me a couple blanks, and he gave me a few blanks, and and I sort of trained myself then.
2: Incredible shaping,
4: shaping is not a rocket science. It just you have to have a good eye. Yeah. And, uh,
2: you're a pretty good craftsman, though, Dad. Like you know it's something I'm I don't a, I'm lack.
4: A, I'm a of, pretty good jury rigger. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> good I at fixed that. anything, but it's usually it's just sitting there waiting to qualify. G- Classic South Dakota <laughs>
2: farmer kid, right? Yeah. Like well, just fix, they,
4: fix it however you can. Well you know what they used to say in, during the Second World War, that the Midwestern farmer guys that were in the service kept the airplanes flying. Oh yeah. They just that's, knew that's probably true. Out. They well, didn't have the tool. Smith or uh, Wire.
1: Yeah. They claim. So when you first met Jack O'Neill, did you know who Jack O'Neill yeah, was? Yeah, I knew who he was. So he's like,
4: I met I met my uh, first wife first, and so she kind of introduced me to him, and and uh, he and I hit it off. He was kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. It <laughs> must have been kind of a, a trip to to be a kid from. South Dakota and wanting to be a surfer, right? You want to be a surfer. And then all of a sudden, you're like in the thick of it all. Like you're in the thick of it.
4: I didn't even think about it at the time. The only thing I didn't like about it, all the guys from La Jolla were were hard to get to know, let me put it that way. Yeah. And I guess they still are. They're very- uh, Localized. And and local. Yeah. And I was a guy from South Dakota. You know, they didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> well, Hobie always asked me, he said, "Hans, I worked for Hobie for a while. Yeah. And I had warned him that I was going to start my own business Oh, that's he, it, okay. If yeah. He ever hired me. And uh, so he fired me. And he did fire me now. He always We got to be good friends later on. Yeah. <laughs> we traveled together and everything.
0: It's not something you want to tell your boss is, I'm gonna start my own business. <laughs> you know, Thanks for all the training. I,
4: I didn't want me to hire. I didn't want him to hire me, and then I'd be leaving in the middle of the summer to yeah. s- support my own shop. But he didn't realize that how many boards I started making, and then he just said, "Hanson, I won't need you anymore." And I considered that he was firing me because it was right at the beginning of the summer, but he and I argued about it. Once because eventually I sold him part of my share of Ocean Pacific you're kidding me no and so we and then when he got kicked off the board of OP because he had a conflicting company his Hobie Hobie, uh, clothing company yeah uh, he asked me Hanson he said I'd already sold out about a year or two before that and he said "Uh, do you want to go back on the board for me he said you know more than anybody about this deal and and uh, he said, I know you. I think his exact words, I think I know you enough to, to know that you'll hold their nose to the
2: grindstone. Yes. The, the other guy's on the board.
0: How know. cool. Yeah. We couldn't, have, that, that OP story was just so, yeah, they so had cool. no. They had no I. They were kind of tripping on those. I kind
1: of heard something of it, but I, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. That's so crazy.
4: So I, I was on the board then about another year. I mean, I could tell you some stories there, but they kind of throw a bad light on some of the other guys. Keep <laughs> we'll those ones we'll get that here, in so. the next episode, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure.
1: It's just funny how, um, you know, you, you come from South Dakota, you get sting, you got stung by a stingray, thing, and meet Bob, driver. Junior, Driver, right? Senior. Well, Senior. Junior originally,
2: yeah. right? Well, I met Bob Junior. And then the he job. brought you to see up yeah, to Senior's yeah. house. And yeah, are Senior, right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I told him. Yeah. And
1: he's the one that kind of, you. Well, he, he was your I, business partner,
4: yeah. right? He, he and I became really good friends, even though I still called him Mister Driver. Yeah. I never ever. He said, Don, we've gotten booze together, and and I know I'm a lot older than you are, but you call me Bob, but I never. <laughs> could <laughs>
1: Well that's just good manners. Yeah, yeah. well it is just yeah. the way I was that's just brought. paying respect and, yeah. and
2: having good manners. He was a great guy. You called him Mr. Driver till the day he passed away. Yeah. You never called you never called I mean
4: once in a while I'd slip and call him Bob. When you got mad at him you'd yeah. yeah. go right. Bob. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. He and I were very seldom yeah. had a word. Once in a while he did, I didn't he didn't like it when when I bought him out of Hanson surfboards. Yeah. Because I, he came in here one day and, and looked around and I just started to change it over to a retail store and get into the ski business too because of the two seasons kind of lended it to that. And he walked in the store and looked around at all the thousands of dollars of ski stuff I had just gotten in for the fall.
1: You got and the story I, right, Josh. I know. <laughs> I, and I was said, like, the fact check, these are the fact <laughs> yeah. checks.
4: And uh, he said, well, you broke us. <laughs> you know, we had some property that we could sell. We were selling property at the time when the surfboard business in the uh, late 80s, I guess it was, started changing completely when shortboards came in and guys figured they could. Grubby Clark was selling everybody in the world foam. We tried to get him, Grubby, to, to make us distributors of his phone because we supported him through the the starting of the whole industry yeah. the foam industry especially hobie hobie he just screwed hobie. Yeah. and uh so we we realized we had to get it and go in some other direction which has really worked out well for us
0: yeah that was like we we talked about that where early store early surf shops was just hard goods and boards because yeah. there wasn't really a lot of apparel yeah. or accessories or yeah. product and you know, you came into a good time with, you know, the merging of the retail I knew room.
4: there was no money in the surfboards. Yeah, you were building them. There room, still isn't to this day. Yeah. I mean, you just made a living, you know. I mean, I'd shape half the night down in, in the Kraken, you know where the Kraken is?
1: Yeah, you know, the bar. bar
4: down here. Yeah. I used to be in that building. That's where I started. Well, there's a, there's a picture of that somewhere here, too.
1: That's so incredible.
2: With that,
4: who Porch Park?
2: There, you know, there, there's a picture. Not to change subjects, but that's dawn Is that sunset, dawn? Yeah. Sunset. Sunset. It's a big sunset. Yeah.
0: Charging. And it, those
4: were the days you didn't do a lot of hot dogging on big waves. You just yeah, held you on, on to your life. Grip those toes on. and
0: go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it sounded it sound like that, that wasn't a, uh, anything too scary when you're jumping out of planes, you know.
4: I think surfing scared me more than jumping on a plane. Yeah, I mean, when you realize how powerful those waves are, they get up to 15, 20, 30 feet, you
2: know. That's that makes you, makes you... uh, I mean, you don't want to go through the falls backwards, I'll tell you that. Yeah, no joke. It's
1: crazy to hear your stories because it's, you're you're a living legend in our industry. You know, like you're, you're one of the pioneers of not only surfboard building, but retail. Retail.
4: Yeah. Well, I like to think I'm really a pioneer of this type of shop. Yeah. In surfing, there was a lot of guys ahead of me. Hobie, Greg Knoll, Hap, uh, Hap Jacobs, Yader. Bing. Um, uh, Bing started, I think, around the same time I did, but he, he was born and raised here too. I'm friends with all... I was friends with all these guys. Shit, a lot of them are dead now. Yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate. But,
0: yeah, I mean, that, it was just a, such a small surfing community back then. And, yeah. You know, we talked about how each shaper kind of, like, you know, put his fork in the sand, like, at each little town, like, hey, I'm building yeah. boards here. And then, yeah. you know, there was so much opportunity, a guy would just go up the coast in another few miles and kind of do his own
4: yeah. own thing. and Which Gordon and Smith
0: were really pissed that I opened this shop here originally.
4: Was there a They starter? were the first one in San... Well, there was some other guys that were making boards just out in the open, like Wayne Land and... and uh, Pat Curran. first board I ever had made for me by a guy was uh, Pat Curran. Wow. Pat
1: Curran made you your first board? Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, actually,
4: not my first board. I had, I had bought one from... Uh, um, uh, oh, who's the nutcase who had the shop in san clemente the first one he's still there he's still got a shop up there he died a few years ago you know you guys all know i'm just having a metal block
1: on yeah he's a crazy guy yeah oh uh, crazy surfer yeah there's a lot of them though he's always driving the pan- yeah there was, there was a <laughs> lot of yeah, you're right about that
4: um uh, let me think about minute. But anyway, he he sold me a used board, and that was really one of the first boards I ever bought. And he insisted on carrying it out to the car for me. Well, when I got home here, I could hardly lift it out of the car, and that's why <laughs> he wanted and his I wanted you to carry it. His waterlogged.
0: I'll get this in there for the other car. He yeah, weighed 80 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> About 80
4: pounds. <laughs> who was it? It wasn't. Was, it was you know the guy who just died four or five years ago. And he's one of the original guys that pioneered all of surfing.
1: Not Tom Moore, eh?
4: No. Not Donald. No.
1: Takeyama? Takeyama. No, I, I know, know all those Donald. guys. Yeah. yeah.
4: All, you know, half of those guys are dead. Now, Moore's yeah. died. Yeah. Greg yeah. Noel died just recently. Greg was a good friend of mine. Yeah,
1: so Mike Doyle's gone. Mike
4: Doyle's gone.
1: How crazy is it that, um, you know, you're one of the first guys to go to Hawaii,
4: right? No, there was guys two or three, four years ahead of me. There. Okay. I didn't get there until 60, and I don't ever, ever remember, but even though the, a lot of the Hawaiian guys claim they pioneered some of those big wave spots, but as near as I can tell, most of them were, they were forced to maybe by, the, I guess, a lot of the guys from La Jolla that were going over there. Yeah. In Santa Cruz, in L.A.
0: Yeah.
4: There wasn't a lot of guys. There was a few of them, like, and some of them you probably never... Heard their names, Bob yeah. Bramell. I went to jail with
0: him. <laughs> that's another that's, story. That's another podcast. <laughs> no. I mean, growing or you know, moving here or you know, stationed down in you know, San Diego. Obviously, it's the climate's a lot more milder. Would you trip on guys surfing up in Santa Cruz when you went and visit there? Well, at like, first,
4: I had surfed there once or twice
0: before, though. But like the and knew it was
4: the water was miserable.
0: Miserable. Colder. And, and how did you guys deal with it? Like just well, short sessions. And Jack
4: O'Neill eventually, uh, in the two years I spent in Santa Cruz and Monterey Bay, there, he was developing the wetsuit. You know, yep. the first ones were just
2: ugly and terrible, but
4: he quickly got. Going.
2: When did you start selling the, we were talking and I didn't know, when did you guys actually start uh, selling the O'Neill suits in the shop? I don't remember the year. But what, were you one of the first oh, shops sure, to sell? I'm sure we were. I'm sure, one. right? Yeah. Yeah,
4: we were the first ones who really uh, expanded the whole retail thing in, in surfing. Well, that's what I was telling you You know, another guys, one who should get a lot of credit for that yeah. is, is Ron John in the East Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got the biggest
0: shop in the world. So crazy, Super, superstore. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He sells a lot of junk, but, but
0: you yeah, know, he's, he's selling it. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs>
1: he's selling a lot of. He's from New Jersey, right?
4: He's from Toms River, New Jersey. Yeah.
2: That's where I first met him. He used to come out and park his big butt because he just traveled in one of those well, big travel he buses. he got in trouble for drug some drug deals
4: or something, and I'm not sure if he ever went to jail.
2: You know this is all being
0: fully recorded. Well,
4: I, I'm modifying this. Thing, yeah, you know?
0: this is this is all, yeah, like, fact checkers. Um, that, like that was legit. I like him. He's a good guy. He was really...
2: Yeah. He lived, you know, like I said, he used to come and yeah. sit here and look at you. He used to always come park his... He could only park his... He had a huge trout like a, one of those park big... On, well, like the bus. bus. Yeah. And it was all Ron John'd out, but he used to pull it right mm-hmm. in. He said, this is the only parking lot I can park it in. And then he'd come and... Have dinner with Don, and <laughs> he'd stand over on those stairs, remember, and just watch. You guys have such a great store. He just kind of study. He was an interesting guy. I remember that time he was in Big Sky with us, too. He just he called Don. Him. Hey, I'm in Big Sky. You want to go have dinner? He was <laughs> driving through with his bus. On yeah. We sat and... I never did know, have know all,
4: everything about him. Yeah, But I always liked him. He was a good guy. Yeah. He started making those those coffee tables out of sea ship seagoing ships hatches yeah you yeah. remember that
1: i i, I read about I that
4: think Heidi still has one of the hatches because yeah. i made it. i started making a match was just copying what he was
2: doing what, what were they like a big rage and everyone was spying them? oh a lot of people bought them Interesting.
4: Interesting.
0: Yeah. kind nautical of nautical style like yeah. just tip tip coffee yeah, table they just <laughs>
4: covered them with resin and 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 put some legs on him. Somehow you could do all kinds of stuff.
0: See?
2: Yeah. I told you he's like the most open minded, just yeah. kinda like yeah. go I was telling well, these guys you always were really open to trying all kinds of yeah. new stuff in your business. But I,
4: I had to find guys other guys brought me the stuff like Doyle. For sure. I mean Doyle was out on a limb half the time like Jack O'Neill. Coming up with ideas that I'm going, oh shit, this will never work. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, Domenic came up with those hatch covers that he sold thousands of them, and we sold hundreds of them. We yeah. started making them in our plant. I think we bought. I might. We might have even bought the the raw uh, hatch covers for him. They're completely different from what ships use now. But
0: yeah, so it, so fascinating. It
1: has to be. A trip when you when you think of, think back of like okay you hitchhiked here and you start surfing you you meet Jack O'Neill and then you decide to start shaping surfboards and then what what gave you the idea to start your own business
4: you know when I when I left Santa Cruz I had gotten married up there to this girl I was going with and uh and when I got out of the service and came down here, I had to find a job. And I was, but I had been shaping by then, so I was working part time for uh, Hobie, and, and I worked a little while for Jacobs too. Although I don't think he liked what I was doing, so he kind of got rid of me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're uh, making a lot of their boards, like you know. Well, chip- I'd,
4: I'd shape seven or eight a day. Wow. You know, but those guys were the biggest manufacturers around. Now, well, later on, in the in you know, Hobie and I always argued about who was shipping more boards to the East Coast. Because <laughs> I thought for two or three years we were
2: six thousand boards was your kind, kind of biggest. We were as, making five or six thousand boards a year and yeah. shipping. I mean, that's it's a, a lot of. That's quite a few. I mean, even t- in today's standards. Oh yeah, that's a lot of. Surfboards. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. For sure. Well, I was bragging that we would sell like a thousand something boards in the summer, you yeah. know, but you guys just blew that away.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, everybody has their story, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: With this, When I wrote this book, it made me think back about it, and I really never ever thought it was any big deal.
2: Yeah, he wrote. He just Chris Chris Aaron's and him spent a year and wrote a just a book or a compilation of all, all the whole kind of all the stories. Nice, nice. It's my history. Yeah, awesome. History. Yeah, that's smart history. to do. I Is mean, it I'm out just, already? Yeah, we have it. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, you, yeah, we should.
0: Yeah, we'll grab you a couple. Yeah, that'd be You sick. guys can have them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's history. You know, like, and it's so embedded. Well, that's what I wanted to do something for Mike.
4: He was the one who really convinced me. I've had my doubts about it. Well, yes. There, there are, are some areas in my life where I don't like to recall them. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't perfect. I was, I was never perfect. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, I didn't hurt people or steal or. Anything. You were just a wild man. <laughs> I, I've learned, because as you get older, you kind of become friends with his friends. Yeah. And then maybe well, sometimes you're, you're with the friends yeah. and he's not around, and then the real stories kind of come out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So there's definitely like, yeah, I, yeah. Had a, I had fun. I had a lot of, lot of fun. fun. I wouldn't too many things and, and, and as you should. Yeah. You know, like life's too short, man. You got to.
4: I've always said, I, let's see, I how does it go? I, I, I work, I lived to, I work to live, not to.
2: Live to work. Live yeah.
4: to work. That's a good one. The,
1: That, wise words. From and a wise said, man. That's why I never opened a bunch of other
4: stores. I knew it would be a huge hassle.
2: Well, they laughed. I said he had one other store, and it was a 20-minute drive, and he, you told me I drove down there a bunch of times, and then I was like, I hated driving down there. I didn't yeah, want to go down, down there on
4: there Midway Drive in San
2: Diego. Or yeah, Marina Boulevard, Midway yeah, yeah. Right there. And I
4: had one in Huntington Beach for a while. Did you, you had really? One in
2: Huntington Beach? Beach? Yeah. Look that at this. Wow. Even you're learning who, something.
4: You know who ran it was Phil Maurer. Phil that Mark. was
2: way, that was, that was like a surfboard, just surf, when you were doing the surfboard well, manufacturing. Yeah, it
4: was just basically surfboards. Where, were
2: where, uh, we're right,
4: right on Main Street. There was wow. a Hanson's
0: on Main Street. A factory? Not
4: for long, about two years
0: or, or just a board, a board selling shop. I oh, think yeah. it was just boards. It yeah. was when you were a manufacturer. Yeah. What, um,
1: on Main Street. Yeah, I think it was right on Main Street. Do we have a picture of that location? You
4: know who ran it with, do you know George Draper or who he is? Yeah. Yeah, Georges. George yeah. Draper was a good yeah. friend of mine. He claims he taught me to surf.
0: Ah. <laughs> I bet he did. Before he died. I know, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. You know.
4: Did his do you know did you guys ever know his brother Billy?
1: No. No. Yeah. But we know George. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely a, a fixture on Main Street. Yeah. 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 In the surf community. I bet, that's
2: amazing. This is I literally never knew that you, there was you a, never knew your I dad never, had a Hanson's I'm on Main Street in never. Huntington Beach. And what Huntington
4: Beach. What yeah. year? Well it would have been in the oh, I gotta think here for a minute.
1: Sixties or seventies?
4: sixties.
2: Wow. You know. So oh, crazy that, and Could what, you have bought the building? No. No. <laughs> I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> Did I buy it, the
0: building? No, I said, could you have bought the building? You could have bought anything
2: in those buildings.
0: Yeah, Man. and you blew
2: it. Yeah, ah, just to, it.
0: I mean Huntington was a, a staple for surf manufacturing for sure, and we, we we talk about like Dana Point having the hub with, you know, and then uh, South Bay, South and, Bay. You know, a lot of little like spots where you we know. were
4: not a uh, we were not a real focal point of the surfing industry for years. Yeah.
1: Encinitas? Yeah. This area? Yeah. yeah. But... It is
4: now. between Del Mar and Oceanside. You know. Yeah. And it is now. There's a lot of guys making boards around here. Oh, yeah. For yeah. glassing yeah. shops. I mean,
2: it's just everywhere. There's just... Retail, retail shops. I mean, one
4: opens every week.
1: Seems like it. Yeah. It's kind of slowed down a little bit, though. The, a lot. The booming industry as far as, like, retailers. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely...
4: We've always been real nice though to people that open up. We try to help them out if we can.
1: Yeah.
4: You know, and, but in the long run it benefited us more than them because if they didn't have this stuff, we'd even loan them inventory and stuff at times in small quantities. And if they didn't have them then they'd sell, send people down to us and I swear we had a lot of people, a lot of the other shops sending people to us then. that's my
1: philosophy. Yeah, yours too, Joshua. Of course. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I know I keep saying it, but like a kid from South Dakota, 61 years later, who would have thought that you would have, you know...
4: Common sense. (laughs) Common sense. I mean, you just be nice to people and and you be honest and, and hardworking and, you know... There's a lot of businesses I thought I could have been successful in. But I didn't live to work. Yes. You know, I've seen all these guys open all these stores here and there and then they go bankrupt or something. Yeah. We we bought the property here years ago and it gave us room to expand this store and have some great employees that have been here for 45 years, 50 years.
0: Yeah, we say, you know, there's no magic recipe, but there's definitely a lot of Common sense and, and, you know, um, areas of expertise that you need. You know, good team, good customer service, you know, good product. That's half the battle right there. Yeah. And, I mean, having a good location is is key, too, you know. Yeah. You got all those boxes checked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Not too many.
4: People ask me what I'm most proud of at times, and. I am most proud of the fact that I have guys coming back here that I don't even remember that we started, we hired them 40, 50 years ago. And we're nice to them and taught them how to treat people and stuff. And and they come in and tell me that we gave them a good grounding in the retail business.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's kind of what we had talked about. uh, Yeah, we talked, being able communicate and understand customer service and you know sometimes you know the customers always right (laughs) but not always but you treat them like they're always right and treat them like
4: they're always right yeah Yeah. oh god God, we've had some wild
0: and you know it's you know we talked about you know first jobs you know a flip burger or a hostess or dishwasher this and that it's like folding t-shirts you know and he told you he was a pearl diver oh yeah (laughs) who did no, yeah, well, oh, no, you were dishwasher.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's we <laughs> <laughs> a weird time. dishwasher. Yeah, Yeah, Bucks to yeah you told me. Yeah, you, well, you were like, dude, you're going to wash dishes. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah, you know, I got
0: earned some money. You got like some tips. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is kind of nice. And and yeah. that's yeah, that's a good experience and work ethic. Is you know when you when you start, you know, it's good for your your morale and your confidence and everything. Is when you work and you get that reward and you're cool. like oh yeah. wow this is how it works you know not just as a young kid asking mom and dad for money and like they have no yeah. i have small kids so it's like hey can i have 20 dollars can i have this and it's like they don't understand the grasp of where it comes hard, from how, and how, how yeah. much hard money how much hard work it takes to get this money you know and yeah now you know i got one working and it's like oh yeah cool yeah. I just heard
2: a story. I forget where I was. Just trying to speaking of he was telling us about his first job and he he'd worked for 2 weeks or a month, you know, in the summer. It was his first job and he he got this check, you know. And he was all proud of his check, <laughs> this check. And he like held the check, you know. He'd like, this is my money. I earned it for the last month of work. Well, while he held it his, his mom had finally found out that he had never cashed check, so we got to go down to the bank and cash the check. Well, in the meantime, the company that he was working for went bankrupt, so when he went down to the bank, the check was no good, and Uh, he was like, that was my first... who was that? I can't remember who, and he'll probably hear this and be like, how did you know that was my story? But (laughs) I can't remember, but anyways, we were laughing because he was like, that was kind of my first job was like, but to your point, like, he was all proud, and then... Oh my the god! The check didn't go through. And it happens. Did you
4: tell about our secretary La, who's working here longer than anybody? Oh yeah. She still finds uh, gift certificates that people bought that almost used. 60 years ago, and and they find it. And. It's, it's never been used. <laughs> bring and she can dig those damn things out of our attic up here and we honor everything. Even if she doesn't find them, we still
2: honor them. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if they're 40 years old. Yeah, we kids. literally, it's funny when you get yeah. one, it's like from the 80s, like the old 80s logo. and like You
0: got a gift card for $8.50. Like, you're <laughs> like, uh, I could. get... Don. <laughs> Back then in 40 years ago, you could buy a whole wardrobe. Yeah. Don,
1: how many... <laughs> Employees, you think you've employed? Jeez, I don't know. If you know. were to guess. Thousands. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because 60 years, even though you're in one location, I mean, maybe, you accumulate four, a lot of. Maybe four or 5,000 would be a yeah. yeah. And we love that. We love, yeah. you know, love reminding that. people, like, you're, you're a great American story, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, you come my dad, from.
4: My dad taught me that though too. He yeah. was a hard-working guy with a good personality, and you and, uh, know, I mean, I worked on farms half the summer in the summertime. Yeah, hard work. The summer, oh, hard work. And in design, the summer, manual all, labor. Yeah, getting eighty pound bales of hay up three tiers high on it, yeah. an old wagon with being horse-drawn.
2: And you made me do that. Yeah. You yeah. were like, I didn't, I was kind of caught off guard when he finally was like, all right, dude, time to, like, freshman year of high school. I mean, I was working before that as a dishwasher, but then in freshman year of high school that summer, I went to work full-time, 40 hours. <laughs> for JC. No, no, for no, Craig worked, Reichstetter. Yeah, you worked for Reichstetter. And I got my ass kicked. Is that the, the construction all, job? Yeah, it was a yeah. construction job. You well, come, and the come back to school just, like, and they all knew Don, and Don had probably been like, hey, make sure you, like... Work em hard, work him hard. Put him through the
0: paces. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, That's a good dad. Who was the one of the foremen? There was Pat Worrell was one of my Pat foremen, Wuerl. but who was the other stocky guy named... Uh, squ- uh, not Squealy, but Squir... Uh, there was a guy who... Anyways. Squiggy. Something like that. <laughs> but anyways... Those guys, used to, those, they used to, they used to dump the wood, you know, the two by eights or tens that are 16 foot. They used to dump them off the truck when they're building the house and then drive away. And then the foreman, Pat would come out and be like, Hey, I want you to take this. There would be like 30 of them Take them from here. And you need to move them like back up the road into this other parking spot area
0: and I'd be like why didn't they just drop them off there literally yeah. <laughs> I'd
2: be like dude they could have dropped them right there yeah. what are we doing and I knew these guys are literally like doing this to like keep me busy and like earn my earn my way that's yeah, a bustle on you well, that was all good one
4: of the one of the hardest jobs I had was being a hod carrier for a bunch of brick bricklayers I mean you're a hod man that means you have to keep their mud exactly in the way they like it not too hard not too soft yeah
2: and that's just hard work
4: yeah it's hard work and boy the minute they don't have any mud, they're screaming oh, at you yeah. and yet they're all great guys yeah they're yeah. just trying to teach you how to work yeah yeah that's kind of like that.
0: board board building you know, resin and catalyst like hey this mixture you yeah. know we don't want to set too hard too fast or too slow and the bricks fall off like <laughs> that's a that's a lot of yeah. that's a lot of work yeah, yeah. God, I was saying yeah
4: I was glad to get through that section. I, I started when I started in Hawaii I used to you know shape the boards I'd go into Honolulu and buy the blanks yeah. from from um, Lee Tommy Lee you know and then go back to uh, Cavella Bay and, and shape the boards I'd glass them and sand them and sanding is if you've ever done any sanding that's the ugliest job in the world yeah yeah.
0: And you did some tan- big tandem board like back in the day too, right? I made a
4: few big tandem boards, yeah. And that
0: was really really popular. What right? in the '60s, like that era, like where
4: I le- won the national championship at
0: '67. Holy smokes! Tandem?
1: Yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. I
0: still have that
1: around here somewhere too. So, so what? You lived in Hawaii for like a year?
4: I lived in, in, in Waikiki for almost a year.
1: Yeah. Nice.
4: Went over one fall and the surf was slow of car starting, but when it did start, boy, it started pumping. Yeah, it's a lie. When I'd get up in the morning, I'd be going, shit, do I really <laughs> want to go out? I got another
0: <laughs> uh, couple customs. I got to go get in the, the shipping bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of
4: work to do. <laughs> I actually went out in everything. I surfed YMA when, when it was big and Sunset. And it was always in the back of my mind when those couple of guys got killed because they they were out surfing Sunset. I don't even know if you guys have ever heard this story. And it, it started breaking way outside of them somehow. And so they started paddling down. They were the only two guys out. And they started paddling down towards Waimea. And one of them caught a wave in Waimea and managed to get in and he lived. And, he, and the other guy, they never found him. Oh, wow. I forget his name, who it was.
0: That's an island.
4: But I always thought about that. Jesus, when, it, it, one wave would start stacking up at five feet higher than the last one. I was wondering, is it going to stop now
0: somewhere? Yeah, in the middle of the Pacific, man. You yeah. never know.
4: Yeah, you never
0: know. Well, I'm sure you, I, we got to get a copy of your book, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. You, you go got yeah, some incredible stories. There. But
4: I hope you
2: like the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is incredible. I'm I'm so glad that you uh, stepped in and, and got to share some of your stories. The right. yeah. real
2: the real the real yeah. guy. Diamond hey, dawn. Diamond
1: Don. Only a few guys call me that.
2: Most
4: of my friends call me Donio. Donio?
2: <laughs> Fat Josh. <laughs> yeah. Is that what? Fat Josh. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much standard, right? Riding your coattails. Diamond Don and Fat Josh. That pretty much sums up this show. Josh,
4: did you ever know how I got to be called Donio? Donio? You know not call me Donio, my wife. I don't know. We were on a trip somewhere in the South America with Terry and Patty Fisher. Yeah. And the book that was out right then was some a bestseller. And it was, I mean, it was just, my dad even told me he had written, which blew me away. It was about some big guy who was, had a boyfriend, a kid boyfriend, you know, that he, around with him all the time. <laughs> and his name was Dario. Dario? And Terry started calling Call you Donio. started calling me Donio. And still, my wife, that was, on. we were on that trip Forty years ago, and she's still. And she's not the only one. A couple other people call me Donnio.
2: Well, you've had a lot of nicknames over I the years. Some of my buddies who know him, because everybody loves my dad, but they call him Donna. <laughs> who calls me Don? Jeremy, Donna. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah. Who calls me Donna? <laughs> who who Don? does? <laughs> of course. No one better call me Donna. Yeah. Diamond Don, though, that's the one. That's that's the most was the one who made that stick, I think. Yeah. He always called me
0: Diamond Don. I've heard a lot of guys,
2: where's, Di- where's Diamond Don? Yeah. I don't know.
0: We could, we could say Jumping Don, jumping Out of the Plane. We could say, uh, we'll, we'll tag you a couple new ones. Skier that, Don. Skier I, that Don. That
4: gave me one of the best... Feelings I've ever had was big a jumper. Yeah, we talked about I it. I mean, I've had some weird deals, you know. <laughs> but I was always glad to get out that door.
1: Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I, we don't have enough time to hear all your <laughs> damn stories, man. It's so amazing, but. Honestly, we, we do want to sit down yeah, okay. with you. you Read
2: the book and then come, yeah, Yeah, we'll have like, some yeah, questions and elaborate. Kinda, yeah, yeah, elaborate on the book. Because the book's got some great stories. And, um, and uh, yeah, you can come and ask him all. Yeah, yeah. Him. He'll, he'll, you got, He's got a lot, a lot of stories.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I you told lot, Josh I how... a
4: lot of fun. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Usually it was under the influence. Yeah. <laughs> Just same just, here.
0: Just the Clarky uh, foam like story would be amazing. On you know how how you start your you know try to start your own foam and break away because he had a monopoly and he did yeah. yeah
4: and he screwed the industry too when he shut his whole plant
1: down
0: yeah all of a sudden yeah.
4: right he, he I was good enough friends with him at one time he asked me if I if anything ever happened to him and his wife would she, would my first wife and I take his two of his kids. Wow. Oh that's right. You you Legal mentioned Guardian, that, yeah, yeah, Legal Guardian. Yeah.
1: So crazy. But he'll read that and deny it, but it's <laughs> true. Yeah.
4: What after he sued you Is was Grubby right. still alive? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Is Grubby still alive? Yeah, he's oh, in wow. Oregon. Eastern yeah. Oregon. Godforsaken country.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's got yeah. a huge ranch up there. Yeah, oh yeah. He Grubby, he checked out a good in a good way for sure. Yeah. All right. well we know you got to get uh, on the drive and you got to hit Costco and yeah. supply up I mean, well
4: but I gotta take this machine back up there and see if I'm gonna get 125 bucks back well, on back there you go well if I don't
1: I no don't big care. deal no big you, deal you can afford it <laughs> hey on behalf of sales reps up and down the coast yeah uh, and and all the surf brands in the industry we we have to say, and pay homage to guys like you who are pioneers of this industry. Still on top and, of the game, and you know, and you, you you guys pioneered the industry. You helped build it, yeah. um, and you continue to, you know, be a pillar and contribute to to not just you know the culture and the community,
0: but livelihoods of so many. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We yeah. Like that think that but yeah and i don't think I surf don't shops think from somebody else though yeah and i don't think surf shops get the recognition They, you know like yeah they, they used to they, you know they used to hold you guys you know the industry up on a pedestal because you were so important and now you know it's kind of like you know what can you do for me what can i do for it's gotten more difficult with the yeah. challenges of the environment sure. we are in but so still going strong man
1: you know for our listeners we 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 want to you know amplify what your contributions are and to support local you know surf shops like yourself because you know you've employed over four
4: thousand people we sure like to think we help some of
2: the surf shops out yeah
4: yeah for sure you know
2: yeah it's all about helping people and being inclusive yeah yeah that's something you've taught me and heidi and christian and the whole crew here is to be inclusive and be a good person. Only be a bastard when you're out of sight. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Behind closed doors. And yes. on that note, thank yes. you,
0: <laughs> Diamond Dawn. Diamond Dawn. And Fat Josh. Fat Josh. Thank you so much. Never, I, I told you the nickname. Oh, be this, one's going. Now, this one's but going, this one's going viral. it's yeah. not Fat Josh. Not, not anymore, about, man. It's uh, Mr. Well, no, Rip. we talked about,
2: we went through all that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I had yeah. to tell him about Fat Josh. Yeah. So. Re, but renew, he,
0: renew Josh is way solid right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: They don't, and nobody thinks
4: that his height came from my family. <laughs> but I have a, a, a nephew who's six seven. Dang. And... We had a bunch of them here for a, a celebration here a year ago, whatever well, yeah. it was. Yeah. And every time we we gathered around, I felt like a dwarf. <laughs> You're shrinking, Dad. Well, I am shrinking.
2: 85. <laughs> you shrink. you yeah. get by you. Uh, thanks, right. you guys. Thank yeah. you guys. This Thank has you. been amazing.
1: Support your local surf shop. Now what's Fort your Hanson again this is late night and chalky late night with
0: chalky late night with chalky baby (laughs) bonsai bowls hands down the best bowls period seven locations two in hawaii five in southern california bonsai bowls go get some
1: caliente southwest grill clean healthy mexican food Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon
0: Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather.
1: Clearweatherbrand.com Foo Wax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo
0: Wax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show.